everyone and welcome back to we bought a mic for a very special mid-year recap of the best of 2022 we did it the best has already occurred so we're six months six months in we're back in the studio uh back with the big boy we got yeah we got the dog here here. we got snacks big uh it's gonna be a fun one and water welcome shout out to water my name's ernest I am um, pop culture fan Hunter, and I'm Hydroon. Stop! There we go. Stop. That's good. All right. yeah, this was fun. Good start. This was fun. And uh, joining I'm, us, and I'm Danny. You've seen me before. Well, heard me. That's what I was about yeah, to say for the first me. time. People were like, "Oh, Danny, is Danny Daddy?" Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Longtime listeners will recognize your voice. Yeah, but you are for the first time joining us on the new. An improved version of the show Ooh. on video. I'm hype. Um, it's a new age. It is a new age. You are historically one of the most, probably the most popular guest. Uh, we'll see if that carries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now man, that people have be, to look at your you're face, you're gonna be like one of those world. silent movie stars who, once that you <laughs> yeah. heard their voice, they're like, like oh, I, no. "My yeah. name is Jarek." <laughs> you can't be famous anymore. So if um, if listeners uh, are are new and they don't know Danny. Um, you should know that he is the the resident music musical guest <laughs> music mm-hmm. of We Bought a Mic. But today, things are going to be a little bit different, oh, okay? Because yeah. we 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 knew we wanted to talk music this year. We knew that. Um, yeah, uh, another thing that people may know is that our podcasts with you can run very long. <laughs> so there. we knew we knew what we needed our album of the year pod did clock well over three hours i think right. no the best is the albums of the decade pod which <laughs> i believe was a four hour podcast it might be yeah. the longest recorded podcast in podcast history I mean, but it's only because i bring alcohol and this time i brought more alcohol than i ever have yeah yeah so it's gonna so be you can say we learned our lesson rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> don't you worry fellas but we knew that you know at the end of 2022 we are gonna have you on for the best of the year and i think we the thinking is, okay, in order to maybe cushion off some of that runtime, we can acknowledge the best of the year so far. Oh, yeah. And in the spirit of, like you said, learning our lesson, we were like, well, maybe let's maybe let's pack in a little bit more, yeah. not just music. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> let's just do a big wrap because we've been, you know, we've been busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been we've been ill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you doing OK, dude? Mm-hmm. You doing, you feeling better? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Well, you want to sniff my mic? We really <laughs> wanted some some COVID to mix things up. Yeah, we've been um we've been unable to cover the large plethora of things that have been coming out. It's been it's been high volume in a short amount of time, and it's just impossible to cover everything, mm-hmm. especially when you know we're entering the danger zone. And way <laughs> to the mm-hmm. podcast zone. zone. So this is a chance to kind of, uh, you know, kind of 
put a, a bow on the first half of the year so we can enter the second half having acknowledged as many of the things that, that we've been kind of putting to the sidelines as the, the weeks go by and mm -hmm. we just, uh, you know, life happens. Oh yeah. Life happens. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to do our 22 favorite things of 2022 so far, the mid year draft. Mm -hmm. We're going to draft five things each mm -hmm. and then we're going to come up with two consensus picks. Mm -hmm. right. So, Let's come up with the two consensus picks first so that we don't step on any. Yeah, exactly. Because we were going to reach the end. I'm going to be like, guys, we yeah. all have to agree on Coheed being one of the 22 right. best things of the year so far. Um, uh, well, Vaxxas 2? Yeah, Vaxxas can, can two. each song on that album be I like was saying that my five is going to be V-A-X-I-S, baby. Yo. <laughs> um, so I think that the proposal that's out there right now if I may, <laughs> there have been uh, trade rumors. Yeah. Coming from, if I can, from if Shams, I can just come out here, Charania. if I can drop some, a Twitter, bomb Ryan Reynolds, the proposal, um, yo, Sandra Bullock. I'm going to say, uh, Ryan Reynolds, real friend, uh, mm -hmm. just revisited that one. You yeah. know, it's the one where he like puts on a fat suit in order to get close to a woman. And so the, the first consensus pick is the Adam project. The yes. Adam, okay, cool. The, <laughs> That was this year. It's friend of friend of the pod, the Adam. Red Adam Notice Project. Two coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I think the two nominees that are out there are Kendrick Lamar, Miss Morale. Yeah. That's. I and mean, I think that all of us suppers. would dr would draft that if that was available as one of our top five things. Pretty. Yeah. We would all fight over it. So let's let's talk about it real quick up top. I oh, think yeah. people have, um, for the most part, struggled to come around some type of consensus about how to feel about this album. I think that for the most part, it, it's been just swept away in the, the sea of content, at, at least in my oh, view. Oh, for sure. I, I think it's just there, there's a certain type of person that will appreciate that album. I think a lot of, a lot of Kendrick albums used to be catchy enough for people that don't appreciate like the wordplay and the good poetry and like the content he actually gives that won't actually appreciate this new album because it's pretty one-sided when it comes to that because it's very poetic it's very tough to listen to it's raw it's, mm -hmm. it's raw as hell he's kind of going mask off as to like this is who i really am yeah i'm not your savior he's playing soccer in ghana right chilling. <laughs> yeah and people aren't about it because like a lot of the lyrical content has been very controversial. He's been accused of like, you know, dead naming and being like transphobic. And it's it's just kind of riling a lot of people up. And there's one song in particular that's just like a straight up fight in between oh. two people. They're just screaming at each I other. I like that mm -hmm. song. We though. cry together. Yeah. Right. So it's just like there's a lot of 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 kind of negative connotations around the album that are clouding it but i think on a very basic level i think it's very different than all his other albums you know it's kind of stepping into a little bit of different vibes different sounds and then you know the thematics the 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 lyrics of it he is again showing this more raw personal side that people, I don't know if they want to hear it. I think they want a version of Kendrick that is the one they've known, well, the one that they built a, a, a narrative around. This album and, is not for kids; it's for us. It's <laughs> yeah. 
I uh It's past ten PM. <laughs> you can say, you, you whatever, can the say whatever the hell we want. Including F slurs. Um <laughs> if you're Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar um, in the back of the crowd saying <laughs> Yeah, um, and the so, <laughs> I will say shot. this one thing that I've heard, one complaint that I've heard about this album is that it doesn't pass the ox test, meaning that like you aren't just going to like grab the ox and like throw on fucking savior. I'm imagining like Diaries. the whitest person to ever um, live tweeting that like, yo, hi, Kilo, the freaking new Kendrick doesn't pass the ox test. Bro. I so. <laughs> One, I think that's that's a bad take. And I think that's like that's like a first listen through kind of take, which yo, new Kendrick doesn't doink in the whip, bro. <laughs> I will say this is this Kendrick album kind of reminds me a lot of if, we're going to talk more about it later on because it's going to get drafted by somebody. But the new season of Atlanta, where it's like people don't like it because they were expecting one yes. thing and you like forgot what it was that you liked in the first place. Damn, like kind of threw off the scent of like, Oh cool. Like he's doing all these like pop songs and damn has some good songs to it. But I think Mr. Morale is like better in pretty much every single way than damn. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. much more cohesive. It is, there's it's bangers not going on for it. that broad appeal that damn it, right kind of but reached. there's bangers on it like i'm thinking specifically of like count me out die hard n95 that um and 95 that was played on the nba finals a lot yeah yeah that, that one bops. well it's just because it's kendrick it's, yeah it, that's that's the reason it was it, it goes it goes crazy in a way that isn't as like you said it's not as commercial as damn because n95 the beat to me is like a really really classy version of like a Jeezy song like it sounds like a 2006 young Jeezy song yeah um the synths and everything the piano with a little reverb on it um when damn came out I was the lowest out of any of us on it and I I, I still kind of stand by that um I don't love that album I think a lot of the beats on damn were immediately aged and not in like a a vent like a throwback way intentionally whereas on Mr. Morale when a beat sounds old, it's on purpose. Yeah. And 95 sounds like a Jeezy beat on purpose. Like, it's not like they think they're doing like a, a brand new thing. Right. Um, whereas like Love, for example, that sounded immediately like five years old to me when it dropped. Like, I just wasn't a fan of the way Not, that not one of the high points on that album. Yeah. I think that, that I want to be with you. I want to be with. That album has some, in my opinion, some like of Kendrick's best stuff ever. Mm -hmm. That is not one of the it examples. It was really. Of that. You're talking about like featuring Bono on a Kendrick song. Sure. Like that's, what play. that's what you're referencing. Yo, where's right? Bono on the new I one? I know. <laughs> it is like everything on this album is intentional, but not like overthought, if that makes sense. Like the addition of somebody like Kodak Black or Ghostface Killa on this album. Again, another controversial yeah. thing. Like that's intentional, but also like. This isn't over. Kendrick did not think about all of the like 18 different media cycles that he was going to be thrown into whenever putting right. out this album either. Like Kendrick is the type of person I heard. I can't remember who said this, so I'm sorry I'm not giving credit to them. But like Kendrick is one of those people who's just like, I don't go online. I don't 
read the internet and like you believe it. And meanwhile, somebody like Donald Glover is like, I actually like, I don't, I don't go online. Like I'm beyond the internet. And like, it's meanwhile, like, Atlanta is the most online show of any yeah, show it's ever. Like, brother, made. you go on the, you just don't be posting. Kendrick, actually, you're just like, yeah, you probably don't own a computer, do you? You probably are like rocking with like an LG chocolate and just like yeah. living your best life. He, um, he owns so hard though. There are a lot of classic Kendrick things on this album for like how different everyone is saying it is. He he's the king of like weird noises and a funny voice. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> yeah. pushing them all off me. Like <laughs> that's something that we that's, talked that's about a, off mic. No one is, else would do something. That's yeah. such a weird sound, bro. <laughs> his like it's really underrated. His not exactly singing, but the different tones that he's able to yeah. kind of make and in he's his been songs. doing that yeah for since probably since section 80 yeah since section 80 he keeps finding new ways to use his voice whether he's singing or rapping or just doing these ad-libs and honestly like my biggest takeaway from this album which i love is that you know to compare it again to atlanta it's a swerve mm-hmm. it is like this thing that you have to kind of recontextualize how you feel about the creator entirely and not bring all this baggage of expectations into how you perceive the the work. And this is one of those albums that we're going to look back on Kendrick's discography years and decades from now and look at this album entirely different in a completely different light than the way we can see it now within, you know, less than a year of it coming out. And that's one of the most interesting things about what an artist with the cultural impact of Kendrick can do. You know, you look back at some of the great artists of all time and you always find little places in their discography where it's just like, huh, what what happened there? You know, and it becomes a moment of just like having a discussion. And there's going to be some people that are going to be like, uh-uh, they stumbled there. They didn't really know what they were doing. And there's going to be other people that are going to be like, no, this is this is unique. This is interesting. This is worth looking at in a different light. Yeah, it's just it's more understated in almost every way than anything else he's put out. There's a lot more subtlety going on because a lot of people like even if they, you know, they didn't appreciate the nuances of how good he was lyrically, they were fans of him for songs on mostly like good kid that where the the lyrics are just like nonstop like fucking machine gun yeah like there there he has a large Kelly. a large sect of his fans are like Eminem type fans where mm-hmm. they you know they the speed yeah they like that he's like a lyrical spiritual miracle like that type of rapper because he has done that before um he said before he was like insanely influenced by Eminem especially starting out um and there's a lot less of that almost more than anything else that he has done in the past. There's a lot less of that on this. There's a lot less machine gun delivery. Um, and then when it comes, it goes so crazy because in N95, the second verse is I think one of the best verses he's ever had. Yeah. Um, straight up. And it's, and it sounds like it could be 2013 Kendrick rapping it. It's not like, it's not a good verse in a new way, which there's plenty of on this album. Um, and then they're just straightforwardly, I think really like perfect, like not i wouldn't call them mainstream but i would call them accessible songs count me out i would call very accessible oh, yeah. father time although even that's a song that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. dives into more darker yeah but but then like die hard though is just like i hope i'm not too late said yeah. my d i'm surprised that that song is it blown up more because that's like very much could just play and like a right. play like a spotify playlist yeah, same with thing, same with it's... count me out silent hill is doing like decent but mm-hmm. like even like Kodak probably has 10 songs uh, that have more plays. Any, than that. Uh, you know, this year one too. Thing, wait, wait, 
Danny, any highlights that you want to shout out uh, from the from the album? I think that like if you're trying to listen to this album, it's not it's not something you can kind of just like play in the background. It's something you really need to dissect and like listen to on your own and take and like have the lyrics in front of you and listen to it. Um, one thing for me is that there was a lot more Kodak Black than I really thought there was ever going to be on a Kendrick album. Like, just I don't know. all over the place. I don't know about you album. guys, but like, he, he's from, I think he's from Miami too, right? Yeah. And that guy's crazy, man. Like, have you seen his interview with uh, Caleb Presley from Barstool Sports? Yeah, of course. <laughs> My name Kodak Black, but when you see me, I'm white. <laughs> like, it's it's like it's it's a crazy interview. He's a, yeah, he's also like a bad guy. Um, yeah, right. He, uh, he got yeah. part. He got pardoned by Trump, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I will yeah. still say, uh, he. I'd say he's one of the most improved rappers I've ever heard in terms of hearing him five years ago versus now, because he always had a natural thing about him. And now he can deliver a, a good verse, yeah. in my opinion. It's the same is true of um, uh, Twenty One Savage. Like when he started oh, yeah. out, I was like, "What is going on?" And he has genuinely like figured something out, and I like seeing that in guys. He, he has figured something out for sure. Both of them have really, like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to the album, it's not. It, it's it's a really hard sell for some people. I think you can only sell right. it to a certain type of person. Well, that, I think. It, it, I don't mean to like interject, but I think that the first half of the album is very accessible for the most part, pretty much up to count me out with the exception of we cry together. Like I think that all those songs are fairly accessible. What's interesting is this album is almost organized like an old school rock album where it's like in the front, half of the album side a we're gonna have all the singles we're gonna have the shit that's like poppy and playing and then the back half we're gonna have the ballads the yeah. back half is where we're gonna have auntie diaries we're gonna have mother i sober like yeah. kind of well, shit yeah, like that that's a lot more deeper and is stuff like you're saying to like have the lyrics pulled up in front of you and be like jesus christ this is deep like, well it's, yeah. it's it's kendrick going to therapy mm -hmm. it's him hitting a breakthrough like yeah. that's what it is and in that back half he he hits he, that break he went through some shit you can yeah. tell he went through some shit dude mother i sober is like one of the most like beautiful songs about generational trauma that like i've ever heard in my life yeah. like it actually like hell. just it made me like choke up the first time i was listening to it, i like paused it like pulled up the lyrics and i was like oh my god like he's like letting his fucking soul out on the table well for the, the last couple songs do you have the do you have the track list pulled up because he he goes on this run at the end of the album. Yeah, from Savior. All the way to, to yeah, all the way to Mirror. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Even like Auntie Diaries, which is like the most controversial song. Oh, yeah. Um, that, it, it, you know, it has that heft to it. And it, it, it just kind of leaves you out of breath, you know, but still yeah. feeling like, mm -hmm. you know, you got your your Kendrick uh, fix even though, again, it didn't come in the way everybody expected. Yeah, well, another another weird thing that happened with this album is the best song that he's put out this year is The Heart Part 5. And that wasn't on the album for that a while. Song originally, was so, yeah. now it that is, song and the opening track yeah, are both just and, incredible. And so now The Heart Part 5 does show up as like, it's not even, it's numbered as one, but it's at the very end of the album. It's like it's a, a secret, essentially like a secret third side, like a, a, a bonus track. Um, that's a mistake to me that like, I don't like it when artists do that. Um, because it's, it's good that it's at least showing up on the fucking album now. Cause for a while it wasn't. And yeah. it's like, brother, like 
That song is, it's some of the best Kendrick ever, and it's not really not close. I think that's a top five Kendrick song. And uh, if it's the not on the album, I'm too. just not going to remember it. I'm because not going to remember to put it on, though. You yeah, know? But yeah. the, li- the lyrics go along with the person he's deep faking. Yeah. And it's so, that's when I was like, oh shit, he's rapping as Will Smith right now. Yeah, hurt people, uh, hurt people. Oh yeah. man. That's I, a that, great moment. That gave me goosebumps. Like yeah. the first time I watched it, I was like, oh man. Man. Yeah. Um, I, I also, like, I get why he wouldn't put it initially on the album because it does set the stage for a different album but then oh, also right. then don't drop it as an opening single because uh, we're all going to assume it's like what the it's whole album is going to sound like funky, yeah. yeah the album doesn't sound like that and i love the way the album sounds but um it it's just different. like yeah just it really you know he obviously was trying to defy us with this album he's very pointedly like i i I know that he may not pay attention to like the internet or know what anyone, but he is trying to provoke a lot in this album. He's, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. Think, but that's also not a new thing with Kendrick either. It's yeah. like if you look back, like there's a reason why, like at the point in time on to Pimp a Butterfly, we get a song like Hood Politics. Like there's a reason that that song is placed where it is in the like story of the album. I mean, even going back to Kendrick um, to section 80 like there's all kinds of songs about like prostitution and like just all kinds of things that are very very intense especially for a hip-hop community that is normally very closed off and is very homophobic and transphobic i think there's a reason why like it's very pointed why he does do what he does in auntie diaries and i'm definitely as a straight white man going to be the person to say like that this is good or bad um i'm gonna i know thank you thank you you. um also i stand i stand with the women who are marching against roe versus wade right now so keep clapping keep clapping um i know i'm very special for that opinion um no but like i just something like that is it's provocative in a way that i do think is good to strike up a conversation maybe you don't like the way that it was particularly handled, but that's still one of the most transgressive songs in the hip hop space. That well, also, we have. also what I was saying earlier that like, again, he's saying he's not your savior. Like, don't put him on a pedestal. Yeah. Don't I don't think that he has all the answers and that he's always going to have the right opinion about everything. Yeah, exactly. He, is, is he, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, no, I was going to say it's completely unrelated because it was a question he was going to ask. And then you were, answering. what were you going to say? I was going to ask if you would still put him as, number one rapper right now yeah damn yeah i think pretty easily yeah i mean well i mean who knows when his next album is even gonna be at this point because this is his last album on tde he'll come back he's like i think even if you try to look at it objectively by any measure i think he's one of the most dynamic rappers ever i think maybe the most and in terms of Mm. cultural footprint yeah, I think no one really comes close. It's, and at least in the tw- like in the 21st century. Yeah. Because if we're going back to like the 90s and shit like that, then like the stranglehold that like Pac and Biggie had on the culture is something that just doesn't exist in music anymore because everything has become so stratified and everybody is listening to such different types of music. I think that it's kind of funny that a Kendrick Lamar album came out and nobody is caring about it anymore yeah. because it's, the cycle just moves so fast exactly. and Kendrick is kind of the last well aside from like somebody who's more popular like Drake like Kendrick is the last like big hip hop star like who's prioritizes hip hop over making pop music yeah. that we're going to have. All right. So that's Kendrick Lamar. 
Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That's our number one consensus pick. Number two, we decided um, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. This was Danny was writing so hard for this one. He wanted us to count it so bad. I was right? begging on my knees. Danny, Danny has not seen this movie. Yeah, I, we, I, we bullied him into. To be fair, I really did. I really do want to see it. I just haven't had the time, mm-hmm. and you'll see what I have been consuming when I give my other five, uh, Fair enough. my five picks. So, yeah, Danny, you haven't seen this movie. We highly recommend it. We did a whole episode I, on it, which is actually our most popular YouTube upload. So if you haven't hey. checked it out, please check it out. Um, movie rocks. Here's the, here's the thing about this episode today, and this goes for this movie and for Kendrick. There's two different ways to approach everything we talk about in this episode. You can either think of it as like shouting out things now that you might have to knock out at the at the final list at the end of the year, but you can feel a little bit better about knocking them out because we're shouting mm. them out today. I'm I'm looking at this as I want to be better than you guys. Or I want to beat I want to win. <laughs> yeah. Je- Jeopardy's next episode. You're looking, or you're, you look at everything for a no, Twitter I mean, poll at I'm, the end of the I day. I came in here like torqued up. Like I took a bunch of fucking pre workout and like <laughs> yeah. I injected anabolics. You for did this shit. like a lot of I saw you crushing up caffeine pills. Yeah and I did some Joe Rogan car. shit called like monkey brain or whatever the fuck. And I'm just yeah, like it's called monkey brain. I'm gonna rip your throat out, Hunter. <laughs> or I hope so. You can look at it as like you're calling your shot, and like this needs to be on the best of the year so far because it's so good that it's definitely gonna be on the final list too. Right. And it has, it therefore has to be. So it's like you could flip the coin either way. Yeah. On these, and I think that um, for this movie, like this is probably the movie of the year it's just a one-of-a-kind instant classic yeah, it's, yeah. it's unique it's it's almost universally not just liked loved which is rare uh yeah it's it's a it's a straight banger it's it's almost like i was saying about kendrick it's so weirdly dynamic like the filmmaking of it it, it flexes so many different muscles from these two daniel boys yeah it's made the, by two guys named daniel you're gonna love it their name is daniel's that's just their director. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, but I just haven't had the time. Check it out. Where can we watch it? It's um, it's, it's still avail- in theaters. It's still in theaters, but really? it is still available. in theaters. Fucking killing it. It has the premium video rental, twenty dollars. Um, but I'm sure it'll end up on streaming somewhere. I'm sure it'll yeah. get. I don't. Well, I'll probably end up on Canopy eventually because that's where all A24 movies go. Well, I I um, can see it on Showtime because now they, oh, have, that's a right. they have a Showtime. They have a Showtime. I have Showtime. Yeah. So, but there you go. Um, it's worth the trip to the theater, a hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say I cannot wait for this movie to come out at home. I just have been like, I guy is getting mad at me because I won't shut the fuck up about this movie. About I'm like, this is a transcendental piece of filmmaking. Um, so yeah, check it out if you have not seen it yet. Check it out, masterpiece. So how are we doing? Oh, I can see he's googling the random number generator. Oh, okay, let's go. No, baby. the wheel, the wheel, the wheel of names. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do to pick draft order um, we're going snake style we're gonna put four names on a wheel mm-hmm. and we're gonna spin it Here, here's how we should do it right we should um so we can stay in like we yeah. don't jump whoever around whoever gets first we start with them and then we go around yes right? yeah and we go uh what counterclockwise what or? are we doing snakey yeah. If we're doing yeah, snake, let's then, do we're, snake. then it doesn't matter Let, yeah. yeah let's do snake. yeah okay let's snake it out. all right so we're spinning the well, wheel we'll, we'll start here we go. Right. Going first. Here we go. 
It's looking like Ernie. Wow, sus. I don't know if Damn. I like first pick with snake draft. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're actually looking So we're going to go Ernest, Drew, me, Danny. Danny. And then Danny, you get two picks. And then we snake yeah, back around. You guys around. aren't going to pick any of the stuff I pick. So I know. It's going to be like, like some fucking like Bombay sh- bicycle. Did Jamiroquai <laughs> release? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I hope you guys studied up on Did Jamiroquai. Pretty Lights do like a collab with Jungle or something like that? Oh. <laughs> okay. So I get first pick. I have a, a number one first pick right off the top. Like this is the one movie that has come out this year that it is in the biggest ballpark of taking everything everywhere all at one spot as the number one movie of the year it's rrr i i'm so mad at myself that i still haven't seen this like i have no excuse well maybe tonight is the night and after we do our marathon recording session we're gonna watch three hours of rrr (laughs) maybe not three hours it has a handy dandy intermission in the middle so you can really just split it up into two 90 minute movies this isn't Indian Tollywood sensation. Absolute international sensation. This movie is like sweeping so many different types of film lovers. It is. It's uh, the most universally beloved movie since two months ago when yeah. everything everywhere <laughs> yeah, came out. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the Indian Indian cinema, you know, Bollywood and now Tollywood have had this reputation of being this these big maximalist over the top movies that are just like beyond ridiculous. And this one is definitely that, but it has this beating heart to it. These two friends, it's this bromance and all of the crazy action, all of the, the, the violence and the insanity all has a point to it and a purpose. And it's not just for, you know, superfluous sake. It has this like actual story that it's trying to tell. And I it's one of those movies that you sit and watch and you can't believe the next thing that happens every scene. Like you cannot possibly predict what's going to happen each subsequent scene. And it has incredible visuals. It has incredible comedy. It becomes like a romantic comedy for a bit there. It has everything drama romance action it it has it all dancing it's crazy guys everything you could possibly want from a movie all rolled in the one all with two fantastic performances at the center some of the best scenes i've seen maybe ever like maybe in in all (laughs) action movie history like just absolutely mind-blowing stuff um, but I will say it, it can be a little bit jarring to be thrown the things that this movie's throwing at you, especially as it gets into the, the end, it kind of starts to go maybe a little bit off the rails. You could say it's just like big maximalist movie making and it's just throwing a lot at you. But I think at the end of the day, you're left with something that is completely unique. It's unlike anything else. It's doing things you've never seen before. And what else could you possibly want from a movie than something that is fully original, untapped, creative juice? Like, holy where, shit, where I can love the, this movie. Where can the people get it? Well, it's on Netflix, so oh, okay. pretty easy. easy to find. It is dubbed in Hindi, 
which a lot of people have been kind of like. Yeah, I've heard the dub is not great. No, um, I, I honestly don't mind it. You know, there's some bits where you can tell that it's a dub, but the main, the two main actors redub their own um, lines. In it's Hindi. dubbed in Hindi. Yeah. So that's RRR. You can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> it is dubbed. If you can find it in theaters, go see it in theaters. But it's, it's just on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, the, did you do you feel like you lost anything by seeing it at home versus no, seeing it this in theater? Is, this is the the other thing I was gonna say. Like, watch it with people. Like, this is why I want to watch it with you guys. Because if you just get if you just get the slightest simulation of the communal movie going experience going for this thing. That's how you maximize the experience of okay. this movie. You know, we can watch together. I know it's three hours, but I'm telling you, par RRT. Get all your friends together. R-R-R-T. Put this movie on. You won't fucking regret it. It's uh. fucking amazing. Um, all right. So now we go to you, Drew. So uh, off off cam, me and Hunter were just having a discussion that he really doesn't want me to uh, do something that will make him upset. Um, nothing new, guys. Just an abusive relationship that we have. Um, yeah, I just don't want you to make me upset. I'm there's there's things that I could take that I like more, but this is about 2022, Hunter, and I am going to take Top Gun. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. You can Good. take that. Um, Top Gun Maverick was so well, you. I'm actually I'm happy for you because you are notably the biggest Tom Cruise fan. You always say that he's a great. Actor, I was like, oh, let's do a love, series about him. Yeah, yeah you like really so champion. Mean. I was like, Tom Cruise is like, he's not even a good actor. He's just like an action movie star who makes films about uh, oblivion. So the the reason that this is on my list is because a it was a lot better than I was I could have ever expected. I think that's generally the sentiment, um, even from people who are expecting it to be pretty good. This is a really good movie. Um, I also, when we had our episode about it, I was a little too dismissive of Joseph Kaczynski as like a mind behind it. And I really think after listening to interviews with him, he genuinely brought a lot of original uh, filmmaking to it. He's a good filmmaker. This movie is almost more than anything else. It's really well directed, man. It looks good as shit. Um, And that's kind of the most important thing about a Top Gun movie. Like the Tony Scott Top Gun looks good as shit for an 80s movie and then this is what a 2020s top gun movie should look like uh it, it's such a natural progression uh that you you're able to excuse all the silly little you know script hiccups um or like you know like character moments that don't quite work as well uh that said also a lot of them do a lot of this movie just works um on like a base, like monkey brain level, you're watching it and you're like, I, (laughs) you can't help but get swept up in the, in this, in the cinema of it all. You can't, you can't help but want to enlist in the military. Um, Hell yeah, man. I, I don't want to start active duty tomorrow. I know. I don't want to say this is the main reason that I just joined ROTC (laughs) at my local community (laughs) college, but (laughs) <laughs> you know they actually did have like recruitment uh tables at the original yeah movie. the original top gun mm-hmm. yeah so this one is just you're just one step they they probably have like a qr code on the poster yeah. absolutely tom <laughs> tom Mozart, um i've been running for glenn powell for a minute he, he really so really good. badly wanted to be the um the, the goose's son. Yeah, character. the goose's son part. Unfortunately, he is attractive. He doesn't uh, look like goose. Right. So they had to go with um, our premier like 
A minus list yeah. ugly guy, Miles Teller. Um, big props to him. He nails it. It's a great movie. You it, buy you buy the surrogate son relationship. For uh, sure. You do, and also the more crucially, this movie uh, is just absolutely fucking cleaning shit up, and it still is. It's been yeah. it's been like months at this point, and it's still just like mopping the floor with your little fucking light year or whatever you're trying to put out. Ooh. You doofuses, dude. It's it is in its fifth weekend right now as of recording this, and it might be the highest grossing Insane. movie in the box office this yeah, year. Yeah, and deservedly so because you go you go to the movies and you turn your brain off and you have a really great time and you want to see Jack go and it's fast. Great. Yeah, truly like. One of the best theatrical experiences I've had in so long was seeing exactly. It's it's dumb as hell and it rules. And that's Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. All right, Hunter. Um, speaking of the best theatrical experiences I've had in a minute, this was like the first theatrical experience I had had since pre-COVID times. That was like, thank God I'm at theater watching this with other people, and that's Jackass Forever. Oh hell yeah! Um, one of the best movies of the year. Just I didn't, flat I didn't out. think you would take it so soon. I have it on I, my short list. Here's the thing. I think that it this was is so good. It's the best Jackass movie. Wow. I think that it's it's between that and Jackass two. It's at least number two overall, though. I think that this movie is like kind of perfect. The additions, um, in addition to like seeing like you know the classic faces, the Johnny Knoxville, the Chris Pontiuses of the world, the new guys who they got in are just like they're fucking great. Uh, Poopies rules. Zach is great. Jasper um, Dolphin, man, dude. Jasper, yeah. You, I, you saw this movie, Danny? I saw four point five. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, Netflix. Yeah. yeah, no, this uh, just truly, I was so happy to see this in a theater. Uh, we saw like a sneak preview showing of it. Um, it has probably like a top three all time jackass sketch in it. Silence of the Lambs, yeah. uh, where everybody they sit in a room and they pitch black everything and they like lead them to believe that there's like snakes and like everything else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they're just walking or like crawling around next to them as they're in this room and just watch them like lose their mind. Psychological terror. Um it just fucking owns like so great seeing this in the air. It's the most dicks per capita it's of any jackass of movie. A lot of dicks. I really love blurred out. No, no, oh, of no. Not. dude, it's no, jackass. Full, no, they are hanging. Bit. It oh, starts yeah. off in the very beginning how jackass starts. Cause you know, they always have like a really like epic oh, over the top opening Pony. sequence <laughs> of just Pontius's dick, dick is like tearing apart a city. Pontius's dick as Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, just, <laughs> just extreme spraying cum as fire Ew. on the yeah. city. They they blew the budget on the opening scene. It's so, so good. So they talk Literally. about it in 4.5. We, we live in a world where Jackass Forever made $80 million on a $10 million uh, budget. Yes, and we sir. fucking love to see it. And it, it is now on Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount Plus. Uh, 4.5 is on Netflix, I yeah, think. The, yeah, the, the dick ping pong. <laughs> the shit. <laughs> So this shit absolutely killed me. I mean, uh, <laughs> one thing I wanted to say about the whole thing was that uh, it it was it was nice that COVID really didn't ruin the movie because mm -hmm. they the COVID started I think a week or two after shooting. Yeah, well, and it didn't really take a whole lot from it. It does because you can see it. There's like certain scenes where they're like walking around on the sets and they have like masks and shit like that. But I think personally. My favorite jackass bits are when it's just the guys fucking with each other versus them like going out in public and kind of doing the whole crowd interaction thing. There's some funny bits that come out of that, but like 
my favorite jackass personally what i want from jackass is watching these people like inflict hell on each other and interact yeah. that's what i want and that's Deep what this harm. show it's that's why the show just it's or this movie is beautiful i definitely recommend watching 4.5 too i would watch it after watching forever it was just i was under the impression that it was like both and then i was wrong and then i just kept watching and oh, i gotcha. i still loved it like uh even watching 4.5 on its own was and that's on netflix yeah and it was uh it was really enjoyable honestly awesome jackass baby what you got danny i mean obviously i'm gonna start with music which jamiroquai album <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's, there's jamiroquai has not put on anything this year unfortunately yet but yet. uh hopefully fingers crossed um, I'm going to go ahead and shout out the boy, Tom York, the smile. Nice. Oh, it's, it's on my shit. list. I love, love that album. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I can't get on it. So it's Johnny Greenwood and Tom York of Radiohead. And is it Tom Skinner from the band? He's a drummer from Sons of Kemet. Yeah, I believe that's right. And yeah. it is not what i was expecting i've listened to tomorrow's modern boxes and i've you know anima you get the the tom york experience but it's not the full-blown thing mm -hmm. the smile feels like like tom york went back in time like 15 20 years yeah and he's doing his own thing again and it, it's experimental it's beautiful it's it's um it's called A Light for Attracting Attention. Yeah. And it I I love the album because I mean, has Lee listened to it? I keep meaning to like force her to essentially. She needs to because she would love it. I know. And 100%. they're they're coming to uh Atlanta, Atlanta or Miami. Yeah. yeah. If they were come if they were coming to Florida, I'd be going. I mm. think Atlanta's a bit of a stretch for me these days. Okay. Because I'm going to so much shit already. But um I, I need to convince her. Cause like this is just more Radiohead. Yeah, it is. it's more Radiohead. It's, there, it's there are songs where he, I didn't know that he still had this in him. Like giving that full on kind of manic vocal performance. Mm -hmm. Um, because the the last Radiohead album, uh, Moonshape Pool, he doesn't do that. Those songs are very subdued, very ambient. And there's a couple tracks in here that it's just like, man, this is old school Tom York. I yeah. didn't know he could still do like this. Like the man's back, you know, kind of thing. And it, it just because that's when he started doing the, you know, OK computers, the the in rainbows and stuff like that. But this is just Tom York fucking rocking out, yeah. you know, and not um, front to back. There's yeah. a lot. This thing covers a lot of different sounds. Yeah, for sure. I I uh I just really liked it. I did not think I was gonna like it as much because like I've listened to his side project stuff like before and it's just it's never like blown me away. Kind of like because I found a recent obsession with Radiohead like in the last couple years. Like I've always known they were good. Yeah. And like I've liked a couple songs, but then like I've started finally diving deeper into Same. their discography mm -hmm. and being like, wow. This guy's incredible. This guy is probably the best rock artist of like the past couple decades. Yeah, he's a weird motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's weird. And I mean, weird, ugly, little weaselly <laughs> looking man. The, the Smartless podcast when, when, yeah. uh, him and well, Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Jason Bateman was just fangirling Wait, over there's, it. There's other podcasts? No, never heard it before. No. Okay, cool. Redacted. It, the radio Redacted. show. <laughs> they went like on live radio they were and talked. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the album. Uh, if you even remotely like Radiohead, I think you should listen to it. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's you just like rock, it's it, it's pushing the needle. It's a 
it's just a great album. Also, you know, Johnny Greenwood, um, he's been just doing a lot of uh, film scores the last few years. Yeah. So it's good to see him just like still in that bag of just straight down the middle regular music because he's just been in this mode of just like pushing the boundaries of what a film score can be. Yeah. And I thought that that's what he was interested in. So to see him kind of come back to the middle and be like, hey, I can still just do the regular rock band thing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. I loved it. And Rules. like they released like shitty videos of them playing the songs for the first time, like live. And it's like, you have no idea how to use a computer, Tom. Stop this. You know, <laughs> like it's it, but like listening to the final project, the product at the end is it's a great album. I I am obsessed with it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a great one. It's the smile, uh, a light for attracting attention. You got another pick as we I sneak. do, and I'm I think maybe one of you might try to claim this, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. It's Don't also do it. music. Don't you do it, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Dude. I was gonna let you guys fight over oh that my one. God. I knew that I wasn't gonna. You get literally just took like Banger. my top two album picks right now bangers <laughs> i mean this this out okay so omnium if, omnium gatherum omnium gatherum it wasn't until the last listomania we did that i was like fuck do i really like king gizzard and the lizard wizard like i had no idea because i'm like oh this is a good album and i'm like okay it's been on my top 10 like twice now mm-hmm. you know and uh this album covers almost like a bunch of different genres. Yeah. They, they stopped doing the whole project thing where it's like one simple genre. Um, like the opening track is phenomenal. The dripping tap, the dripping tap. It's a 17 minute fucking banger. And it's insane. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. You're just really like, is. you go places in your mind that you like, didn't know were there when you're just, yeah. just zoning out. Listening <laughs> it, it's dude, so, fucking trippy visuals. <laughs> and it's the so audio. good. And then like, after seeing them in Miami this past weekend, it was, cool brag. It, huh? Sick. Yeah. Brag. Really cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I, I know where Miami is. <laughs> I'm from there. Fuck I'm allowed you, to. Buddy. Miami. The, yeah, baby, every day of my life. Um, but yeah. <laughs> King Gizzard, they throw on a freaking serious show. If they come anywhere in Florida, we have to go. We don't have a choice. I'll buy your tickets if I have to. I have bad news. You oh. could have just bought our tickets like last week, and then you just didn't. Would you look at the time? Oh, my God. Oh it's crazy. God. That was 22, Fuck. right? If he has um, to, he will. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Guess uh, what, bitch? Now you have to. <laughs> you gave too much away. Live, we bought a mic. We are recording it. I'm not cutting this up. Just immortalized. On the record, <laughs> but uh, yeah, after seeing them live, like completely different, even better live. But this album is incredible, and the best part about this album is that we get three more King Gizzard albums this year. Fuck. Like that's ins- that's like three, like they just randomly albums. tweet like Can't for me it that. was like a top five album, and then like yeah, three more albums. I'm like what. the <laughs> What is going on? And no, it, I can't wait for our best albums of the year pod, which is like half of six it. King Gizzard albums. It, honestly, it probably could be because this was a masterpiece for me. I I loved it. The like, they named a song after your wife. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good song. I am Gaia. <laughs> That's but, her on the track. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She got that feature, <laughs> dude. It's amazing the royalties that we're getting this now. Album. I think is my favorite King Gizzard album just because they did a flawless job of 
combining all of those different sounds, all those different genres into a single project. When like metal, Beastie Boys, yeah. folk, like jam. Little hip hop thrown yeah. in there. What the hell is going on? It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a feature by... Um, Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of the Jack White album. Okay. Q-Tip. I was about to say. Q- uh, yeah. There is a song that does sound like like a little bit of, um, of have, Tribe, a little bit. I don't know how they come up with this stuff, though. Like, how many influences do you have that you can touch these many different genres and still be great at them? I don't know. that it. That's what blows me away because it's like it always sounds good. And, like, watching them live, they're jumping into many different genres, too, and you never know what you're going to get. Like... This know. album rocks. Mm-hmm. It rocks. Yeah. Uh, Omnium Gatherum by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Mm-hmm. All right, Hunter. King Glizzy Lizzy Wizard. So we're at a point where I have to think strategically here. Um, and I know that it won't be here by the time it comes back around. And so we're just going to go ahead and stay in the music space and go with what's possibly. It's been kind of floating around number one uh, for me. Is it back? And it's, it is it's that. Push it to It's. Well, I have news for you guys. I'm cocaine's Dr. Seuss right now, and I'm taking It's Almost Dry by King Push. Now, hold on. Um, does, oh. does Tom Brady saying this is album of the year have anything to do with it? So it might have Wait everything to do with it. <laughs> Wait, um, a that Wait a minute. Here's just picture Tom Brady just sitting there, just being like, I will never eat a, to- a tomato in my life, and eat, just like eating jamming salmon, out to fucking push drinking a tea. Alkaline water. <laughs> um, this album is like borderline perfect like the sound of this album is everything that i fucking want from a push a t album um i mean especially when you like his previous album the self-titled is or uh daytona is like one of the best albums of the 2010s one of the best rap albums of the 2010s and oh, yeah. then he just followed it up with another just fucking banger that i'd say is like almost on the same level it's kind of in the same ballpark as daytona um, just fucking incredible. All the songs on here, not a single skippable track. Um, of course, all the I knew that was going to be good because all the singles were great. Fucking Neck and Wrist, Diet Coke, um, Scrape It Off is one of my favorite songs. That song rules. Hey, you, you remember who was on my off the top? You remember who was on my uh, Spotify most played artist of last year? Mr. Don Tolliver. Yeah, dude, I'm, Don I'm Tolliver. Not proud, on there. But man's talented. Um, <laughs> The, the samples on or the features on this album are fucking incredible. The labyrinth feature and clips in the last song, of course, notably rock and roll with Cuddy and Kanye, um, which honestly might be my favorite song on the album. Um, it's like I think that I love it so much because it's the last time that we'll ever hear a song together with Cuddy and Kanye ever again because Kanye um well, he's not doing so great, fellas. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I hate what to bust the news to you guys. But Will my, a, a my dreams, feature my dreams of a kid see Ghost 2 are not looking great. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, he, he's not well. He's very unwell. Yeah, no, he's not great. Um, but yeah, no, Brambleton. I This album is just fucking incredible. Like, I just... It, it has been kind of oscillating in my top three. There's some days where I just wake up. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is the best album of the year. This is the best thing that I've hey, heard. Hey, man, Diet Coke. That's you order song. Diet Coke? That's, that's a joke, a joke right? right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, slapped. it's it's just, it's silly. Um, a, that the consistency of him as a rapper over time, because I, I've been getting very into clips this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he and he still is just doing the same shit, man. Like he's just he still knows rapping ex- about cocaine. He knows exactly what he's great at. Um, it's so funny. It's still funny hearing him and Malice together because it's they they are so similar. <laughs> yeah. It's like a it's so funny them playing um, off of each other. <laughs> and it's also just it's absurd. Like the reason Clips was so great is because Pharrell is on all the beats. Uh, the reason Daytona is so great is because Kanye does every beat. So he was like, well, what if <laughs> we just crazy idea? Just throw these what if the together? two most timeless producers of hip hop ever were just the only two guys who produced this album? Like, I, you know, it's probably going to go pretty well. The sound of this album is just like perfect. Like I'd like listen to this album for the first time. Like, why doesn't all hip-hop music sound like this like why why is this like the most well mixed perfectly sounding uh album it, it's just yeah. it's so good uh, so yeah good. Uh, uh not enough if i'm to critique it there's not quite enough yuck. yeah <laughs> but there also now there is an abundance of the gonna die, the gonna die. that's a, an ad lib being three words is so cool to me <laughs> Did someone do like an analysis of all of the different uh, words he substitutes for cocaine in the lyrics? Um, I believe it. That rocks. Booger sugar. There's like three dozen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like that Kate Bush album from a few years ago. A thousand words for snow. (laughs) It's almost dry by Pusha T. It's Hunter's pick. All right, Drew. Mm -hmm. You're up. Yeah, obviously. I knew, I, I knew this was going to be on your list. Too, yeah, obviously, I really wanted that one, but I'm going to. Yeah. Well, maybe you shouldn't have fucking taken Top Gun, you little bitch boy. <laughs> oh, shit. It's Are you guys fucking... already fighting? I didn't. He... We're in the first round. Okay, second round. Well, you took Top Gun for me, so. <laughs> I'm going to take it again right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took Top Gun Maverick. Um, yeah. The next first round, Top I just Gun. Took Top Gun. <laughs> um, I'm going to take my favorite show of the year, which is Severance, which. Ooh. Nice. Uh, blew my ass out the water. Uh, I didn't watch Escape from Danamora uh, like you did, Ernest, which mm-hmm. was Ben Stiller's first uh, like prestige TV directorial debut. Uh, I think he did every episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does most episodes of Severance season one. Um, there, this show is really almost flawless. Uh, if if you are missing sort of it, it's annoying to call it a thinker show, but it is a show. It's a show that perfectly, almost perfectly balances giving you so many questions and opening up a world with so many possibilities and confusion, and then also giving you just enough to make you very satisfied every single episode. Mm. Um, I'm not the biggest sci-fi head. This is the exact type of sci-fi that I want to see more of out there. Um, And I'm happy that this got produced because it is from a relative unknown. The script was just so undeniably great that it's, it's in. And he's still involved heavily. And above all that, it ends uh, with so much left. Like they end season one fully like as a statement to say to HBO and to say to the viewers or to Apple and to say to the viewers, you you better beg for season two because we are not going to tell you shit right now. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Y'all better wait. Um, incredible acting, incredible directing, incredible writing. Like everything is good. Everything yeah. is great. We did a we did a whole episode on this one yeah. as well. It, so it's such can, a good fucking show. You can listen to that one for expanded thoughts. Big, Severance. Yeah, big, big, big recommend. Mm-hmm. Um my pick is also gonna be a TV show. And I had one in mind, but I think this one will come back around to me. So I'm gonna wait on it for another round. I'm gonna take Better Call Saul without watching it. Um, but I'm gonna go with Barry. Season 
three. I haven't watched it. I, I almost took this because this is my favorite show, my favorite season of television of the year so far. This is a wild season because Barry started out as this comedy with elements of drama. Yeah. Um, definitely riding that similar line of Atlanta where it's just like a 30 hour show that doesn't really pick a side between comedy and drama. But it, it the earlier seasons were very much like, hey, isn't it funny that like this hitman's trying to be an actor? Like that's pretty funny, right? You know, hijinks ensue when an assassin decides that he wants to leave uh, a career of murdering and pursue acting. And now in its third season, Bill Hader, who plays Barry and who writes and directs a lot of these episodes, has taken this story and descended it into hell. This th That's what the season is. It is a descent into hell. He drags everybody with him. And it is full on one of the darkest things I've seen on TV in a minute. Um, Bill, H Bill Hader's a genius, guys. Like, just yeah. straight up. He is one of maybe uh, this might be hyperbole, but I think he might be like the most talented person to come out of SNL ever because it's just, nobody can do what he does here to act mm -hmm. in this part and to be such a creative behind the scenes force in where this show goes, where this story goes, where all of these characters go. It is unlike anything else on TV. It might be a little bit too dark if you're expecting something light. You know, kind of mm -hmm. like what the earlier yeah. seasons were. That's not what this is. This goes full on dark. The last episode of the season. Dude. It is filmmaking of the high, highest it's, caliber. It's honestly like one of the best last episodes of a TV, like uh, season finales of a TV show that I've seen like maybe ever. I don't know. It's like perfect in every way. Yeah. You mentioned like his creative force of actually making it. That's what I wanted to say. The direction by Hater has like really fucking taken the notch up, especially this season. There's one uh, sequence that got um, some clout on Twitter whenever uh, after the episode aired, but it's uh, during a, a chase sequence that happens yes. mid episode. The motorcycle and the way, yeah, the way that it's yeah. seen that it's uh filmed this scene uh with the motorcycle chase sequence where motorcycles are racing after each other in between cars and you hear the wind passing yeah, as it's no like music so fucking well done he's directing every episode of season four yeah it got announced um wow. dude this is this is my favorite season of television so yeah, of the year so far like this fantastic. show is it's so fucking good you are right it definitely gets really dark this yeah. this is easily like the least funny of any season of Barry so far, but that's not to say that it's without any laughs. Like he still has um like really really funny people involved, including just getting like a bunch of that guys of the comedy scene in L.A. to just go in there and just like yeah. do improvised bits with each other for thirty seconds. Also, Cy Abelman, fucking hilarious. We always love like uh, Avengers Endgame reaction when Cy Abelman. <laughs> Just does a bit part when Cy Abelman breaks into Henry Winkler's house. <laughs> like, sorry, Fred, yeah. Fred, Mel Fred Melman, Willman, Willman. Okay, yeah, that's the actual Cy Abelman is the character's name in the serious man. Anyway, Can't show show absolutely fucking rocks. He built Bill Hader 
this it sounds like hyperbole, but he deserves to be discussed in the same vein as the other great Gen X filmmakers because he comes to it the exact same way that their brains do, the way that PTA and Tarantino do. Yes. They are all fans first. They all grew up with a really good access to movies and they are obsessed with movies more than they are even filmmakers. Yeah. Um, like I'd- if you talk to Bill Hader, his like his biggest influence in his filmmaking is Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's that type of motherfucker. Like he is uh he he's in deep with it. And well he, he gets even nerdier than that. Like he he can pull some references of shit yeah. obscure European mm-hmm. films that I've never even No, exactly. Well, he's, he's he's in the Ben Stiller zone, uh where like he always wanted to be a director and then like he couldn't really get a start with that because it's really hard to just be a fucking director yeah. and he was like oh well i'm funny so i guess i'll just use that in order to like build myself up so i can do what i really no, want yeah and also he's he's more exceptional like he's one of the most exceptional stories in hollywood because he is a genuine like came from he came from oklahoma right mm-hmm. and then he just happened to be on the right improv team to get discovered by lauren and then he just happened to be so good at everything that at post snl he gets like well great career moves too that he didn't get stuck making like the stefan movie yeah but then he's also like he he's so good that like people like judd apatow or seth rogan just want him like around on their set as like a bit character or like trey parker and matt stone want him just in the writer's room one summer south park yeah just writing for south park and doing voices here and there because he is he's a swiss army knife you can use him any way you want but the way that he wants to use himself is the best of all i mean this this season's a triumph to your point about it uh having some humor still in there this season still manages to insert this pitch perfect parody of Hollywood and of like this new streaming age of Hollywood and how like kind of aimless it is sometimes to be beholden to the algorithm mm-hmm. when you're trying to create art and you know the this this horrible like content <laughs> uh side of art that we've just like co-opted as normal you know and it it manages to do that in like this really sometimes like really satirical way that kind of you know goes out of the bounds of reality but always in true form tied to these characters that we're following right specifically the character of um of sally and her journey um so real quick recommended enough um I just want to get it corrected for the record so that Cy doesn't show up here to our house. Um, his name is Fred Melamed. Melamed. Not Wellamed. Okay. Melamed. Okay. So. All right. Yes. Yeah. Cy Abelman. Um, Cy Abelman. <laughs> so that's uh, Barry season three. I have another pick here. I'm going to go with um, Fear of Dawn, the Jack White album. Um, Fear of the Dawn? Fear of the Dawn. Fear, Fear of, the, of Dawn. the Dawn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, Jack White is is back. Mm-hmm. He's back. I uh, I back. Jack I wasn't back. a huge fan of his uh, album from a couple years ago. What was it called? Uh, the it was another blue one. They're all blue. <laughs> They're all blue. <laughs> They're all blue. They yeah, are all um, Ozark albums. Yeah, it's called <laughs> the Ozark of artists. Yeah. Uh, boarding house breach. Yeah, I think that. Uh, no reach, one like that. I think that that album. Um, I could I could really appreciate what he was going for in trying to be more experimental. Yeah, but this one 
is not doing that. This we, one we is like just a Jack White that can rock. Yeah, this, this yeah. is just rock. It just rules. And just... I, I, I just needed this. I really needed just a, a regular rock album from Jack White, from one of the great rock geniuses mm. of our time. He's very, very Speaking talented. of. Uh, songs that were everywhere during the NBA Finals. The uh, um, uh, taking me back. Yeah. yeah, I bet you do. Just at like every commercial. It's break also during the Call NBA of Finals. Duty. It's no. like the Call of Duty. Oh, no. song. Yeah. Jack, make that money, baby. Yeah. Um, He's this is this is a twelve track album. You're kind of in and out on this thing. Yeah. You, you you're not really lingering around, kind of in the in the weeds, in the thick of of Jack experimenting with shit, um, and. I don't know, like his career has been really crazy. Like he obviously did the White Stripes, but, you know, he went off and did Dead Weather and Tours. And then when he started putting out solo music, I felt like he started putting out music that was like the most distilled, uncut version of everything he was trying to do beforehand, while still like incorporating sounds that he wasn't able to in all the other projects. Yeah. So I think that each subsequent album just kind of like dives deeper into that, into giving you that raw core version of what he can do and still like find new ways to incorporate it into, into different, you know, subgenres. Like I, I tipped it off earlier that Q-Tip is on this album, mm -hmm. you know, and he kind of, he kind of goes all in on this, like, pseudo hip-hop track and it works in the context of this thing and he's not trying to do some big conceptual thing it's not this far-reaching project again yeah. it's just a down the middle rock album it rocks and it goes hard yeah it goes fucking hard there's some songs on here where like you can't help but just crank the volume all the way up and start banging your fucking head it's amazing i love it it's 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 what we wanted from Jack White, and it. As soon as I saw the cover, I was scared because it was it looked just like the last album. Blue. And I was, it was just very Ozarky, and uh, <laughs> he's, and, he's uh, very inspired by dude. Ozark. He just yeah, yeah he, just him and Jason Bateman just love the color blue. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was scared, and then I finally listened to it. Uh, I listened to the single "Taking Me Back," and I was like, maybe my boy's back. Mm -hmm. You know. Because that was one of my favorite Bonnaroo shows of all time, Jack White of 2014. Oh, so and, good. Like, Such a great show. The man busted out the theremin, you know? Like, Damn. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it's just, I finally feel like, you know, I can listen to it again, like, without being in, like, a, hmm, what kind of weird stuff can I get into today, you know? Right. It was just, it was a very good album. I'm very happy with it. Like, I'm very... I was I was ready to be disappointed and I wasn't and I exactly yeah, yeah. especially based on on Boarding House because it's just mm -hmm. like that's not a bad album it's, it's not a bad album but it, it's sure. it's kind of too experimental to the point that you don't just want to like throw it on right like right like I admire this more than I love this yeah it's like you got a public sub and they accidentally put glue on it you know kind of thing. what you know like <laughs> like that I was no, gonna no say back that. it up explain I was that gonna say that that's yeah. what it felt like you it's know like, and it's it was, like the pub sub glue thing that happens <laughs> yeah it, you know how that happens you know elmer's glue just goes flying around you know there, but, there's a couple songs on here like i think um ecos ecosophia ecos eo oh eosophobia <laughs> yeah. eosophobia i was like that's definitely not correct um <laughs> you keep where for it 
he just feels like he's just fucking around with his guitar pedals, you know, and not trying to like really overdo it, but just like finding the specific level of delay and reverb that just sounds like perfect for what he's trying to accomplish for that specific riff so that it carries through at exactly the level that it needs to. And that's the kind of shit I want. I don't, I don't need these, these, you know, kind of way, way out there experimental sounds, just a little bit of tweaking here and there to get to the sound that you need to make it sound unique and, and, you know, different enough for me to be like, Oh, that's that Jack white sound. That's that, one thing that only he can do it's that it's like it's a distinct noise in the guitar like you can yeah 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 Mm. it rocks uh fear the dawn um by jack white that's my pick drew we're back to you so um i'll be quick why is that funny oh oh nice hunter go ahead fuck yeah Nothing else to say. Ambulance, our three hundredth well, episode. I'd also like to. I'd like to uh, defer my final two picks. I think I already won this. Yeah, you got ambulance. That's all that you really need, dude. Ambulance fucking rolls, man. Maybe they gave rocks. Michael Bay drones, and he fucking delivered with the help of Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya yeah. Abdul Mateen. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. piloted a lot of those drones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a tiny, dr- it's a tiny Jake Gyllenhaal, like in the cockpit. Yeah, he was actually piloting <laughs> Top Gun it. style. Yeah, um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal played like the rival that was trying to put Tom Cruise out of a job in Top Gun Maverick. Um, oh. Good pick. Um, it was it was on my list, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and take what might be my second favorite show of the year so far. And that's the after party. Nice. Um, I didn't have a chance to talk about this show before because I know the two of you already did. Y'all did a full episode about the after we party. Um, one of the smartest shows that I've seen on television in such a long time. Like yeah, Lord and Miller. That show is no joke. This that show, show is genuinely we didn't incredible. We need the after party to tell us that Lord and Miller are fucking geniuses. But uh, it sure did tell us that. Um for people who haven't seen it, uh, it's a Apple TV show um, on. Uh, it's a murder mystery about a Justin Bieber like figure who gets murdered at an after party of a high school graduation reunion, um, high school reunion. That's what I mean. Um, the cast is fucking phenomenal. Um, our boy, Sam Richardson, who we just love to see Zoe Chow, Ike Barinholtz, Benny Schwartz. Alana Glazer, Dave Franco. Um, a great Tiffany. Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Awesome Dave Franco. Perfectly calibrated. Um, Tiffany Haddish, who I'll be honest with you, I've always liked Tiffany Haddish, but she kind of leveled up in my mind for like what she can do and like what she could be in a show like this. Like Between this and The Card Counter, two things that I've digested in like the last six months or so, really like making me think like is tiffany haddish going to be like the next star who's just in our life for the next 30 years because she has fucking levels um which i guess maybe i was just the one who was sleeping on tiffany haddish this whole time but incredible um once you find out the twist of the show because there is a twist you do find out like it is a murder mystery and there is a actual who did it that you do find out in the show. Um, it's fucking perfect. The seeds are like, 
laid there the entire time and you see it there right in front of you and you never actually connect the pieces. It's a show that really invites rewatch because of all these little things. I started to, I haven't actually finished my rewatch of it, but like it is a show that kind of lends itself to rewatchability, which I wouldn't say that a lot of television shows do that. Um, There's also like, was it you who sent me the Twitter thread of all those like really the clues Easter eggs. because there yeah. are there are a lot of clues that don't even like even upon rewatch you would never ever notice any of these things and they put them in anyway just for like the true like just for like a post yeah basically like just it's for some most just for some background. freak to figure it out mm-hmm. yeah it's, I, it's a lovely show it's incredible uh it was originally love- supposed to be a mini series and then it did get picked up for a season two so i'm is it it's a different cast, right? Yeah. It's going to have cast, some carryover. New cast, yeah. Same. I'm sure Tiffany Haddish will probably be yeah, there. Yeah, um, Because she's... I think Sam Richardson officer. is coming back, too. Oh, nice. And they've been, they've been well casting done. people, and it's been pe- the exact type of people you would expect to yeah. show up in a different season of this. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah, fucking perfect show. Like I said, it's Apple in, TV. currently in like my top three shows of the year so far. Same. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. yeah same. It's, it. a, it's an awesome show. The After Party. Hell yeah. All right, Danny. You're up. Now, I know you guys are all thinking about claiming this, and so I'm going to go ahead and claim it first. Uh, Rocket League Esports <laughs> are back. Nice. Yeah. Um, so th- <laughs> since COVID's over, they're finally meeting up together to do lands and stuff. I haven't heard their new album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's just been a nice watch. I think I think the game itself is like fun because it's like five minute games you can just throw a couple in like you know during lunch or something like if you're working from home uh for me it's it's just been nice to watch because there's like such a high skill cap and like right now like these 15 year olds are just dominating these people that have been doing it i know you've been watching uh i've watched some some rocket league competition before because that game confounds me it's so stupidly hard it's <laughs> it's ridiculous the, like the skill ceiling it's like, like soccer yeah. but with cars yeah right it's yeah. pretty the, much the, the skill gap is like stupid though so like to put into perspective i'm champion rank and which makes me oh, top seven percent in the world okay yeah but no but like the difference between you and the top one percent is the same as the difference between you and like a beginner one it's the top like less than 0.1 percent exactly there there yeah the difference between like someone who's great and someone who's good is the same as someone who just started like Like, my old roommate is like top three percent and like the gap between us is huge but the gap between him and the pros is even bigger. Yeah, it's so funny how hard this stupid fucking game yeah, is. Yeah, because the pros and are how playing at level where like, the ball doesn't hit the ground. Like, it's just like all yeah, they're aerial they're, they're passing to each other. It's just been nice to watch because like with this sport, it like goes on for an entire weekend. And so Damn. like every other weekend, it'll be like North America or like Europe or something. And it's been fun to watch like uh, for me. I, I It's just... I've never really gotten into esports, so it's been really fun. Like that's what I was about to ask. Yeah, so this has been like something where it's like this is another sport I can waste my time on, you know? And because <laughs> um, Rocket League, I feel like isn't nearly as popular as some of the other esports games. I would say it's still it's it's still going up. Like obviously, the, League of Legends is League of Legends yeah. is really popular in China. Dota, you got Counter Strike, Global Offensive is another really big one. Um, but yeah, Rocket League, the esports, it's back. I've been watching. Uh, they're going to London next weekend. To you do, have a team? 
Oh, yeah. Space Station Gaming. Shout out. Shout out to my boy Daniel, 15 years old, fucking smoking these like 20-something-year-olds. Yeah. He is unreal. Before you make your next pick, I got to shout out. I'm, I'm not drafting this out of order. I just want to shout this out. It's a show called Players. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's from the guys that made American Vandal. Yo. Oh, whoa. And it's about, about. It's yeah, about yeah, yeah. League of Legends esports. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? It's called Players okay. on Paramount+. Plus. I just started watching it literally today. I haven't even gotten through the first episode. I watched like the first half of it. Hey, no. But I'm interested. We but, love but the yeah, boys. I love American, American Vandal. Vandal is I loved, a genius, yeah. perfect show. And to apply that to esports, to fucking League of Legends. Is it like a like a docu series? Yeah, like? no, it's the same. Yeah, the same but is it like a joke? Vandal. It's mock. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. it's a mock. So it's not oh, real. That it's, rocks. It's right. It's the same thing as American Vandal. Oh, why I'm, is no one? You you find things that are just like <laughs> like why why is, is this, this somehow like show? eluded the news? Right. <laughs> I I'm no, Paramount Plus like doesn't want people to watch this. What's it called? <laughs> Players. players it makes sense that okay. paramount wouldn't know how to market yeah, yeah this uh, is paramount not right plus for paramount has a garbage american service. vandal one and two were both amazing it's shows. yes mm. these guys are on another level of recreating um a very specific type what was of- it called the brownout in season <laughs> 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 so good that show is perfect dan dan peralt and tony yusenda yeah great guys um all right danny what's your next pick uh i have to look again because i completely forgot Oh, I know none of you are going to pick that. Maybe. I don't know. But Love is Blind Season 2 and Ultimatum. Hey. They. Respect. It's trash TV at its core. Okay. It's hosted by Nick Lachey of 98 Degrees and his wife. Hell yeah. And everybody. Is he, is he not with Alyssa Milano anymore? Or is it her? I don't know what her name is, but. Danny. I'm sorry. But. The the show is as trashy as it gets. Everybody in that show is so insufferable to like if you were like in a room with them, you would hate your life. It it <laughs> they're they're just the worst human beings. Uh like the more they talk, the angrier you get. You're not there's no hero in any of these shows. You're just cheering for everybody to just like figure it out. You it's know? it's both on Netflix, right? Both on Netflix. So Love is Blind is a show about people that they go on dates, but they don't see each other. And then like, they don't see each, they don't see each other. They don't see no, each other. Is yeah. blind. You fucking yeah. idiot. And they God. have to propose before they see each other. <laughs> like they have to propose before they see each other. And yeah, or else they don't get to be on TV anymore. Yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> That's much. the consequence. <laughs> yeah. And then they have to like get married and it's just like <laughs> awful people. It's so stupid. And then <laughs> the ultimatum bound. is even better. It's like shitty couples that have been dating for years that one of them gave the other an ultimatum. To marry it, or break yeah, up. Yeah, and what they do, brilliant. What they do <laughs> is that they make, they invite all the couples that were given ultimatums and they date each other and they right. live with each other for three weeks. And it is awful. Man, as, like just. Dude, I'm, it, I'm taking notes right now. It's <laughs> it's so, it's such, it's Man. mindless. It's, it's, it's just. I, I loved it. My girlfriend put it on. I was like, this show sucks. Take this off. No, you know? Danny. The and secret then, is they're all good. Yeah. And then, and then, I, and then I, I was like, wait, who's, uh, who's Jeff? 
<laughs> the thing is, What's you have doing? to you have you to know? recalibrate your brain whenever you're watching a show oh, like yeah. that and be like, oh, is this like genius? Is this no, the most entertaining to, thing I've ever seen? I have to seen? recalibrate my brain to watch good things. Yeah. Now. So so what you do is you watch the show and then you recalibrate by listening to Boarding House Reach by Jack White. There you yeah. go. You know. So. That's kind of like how you come back to like, okay. Yeah. I'm right. Hit. Like you gotta, you gotta refresh your palate with like ambulance. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this. I love this for you. I, I we great. were just talking last night about how for the first time I'm finally watching Jersey Shore because in high school, I tried to be very elitist about it. They were trailblazers. Yeah. Every, everyone on the mm-hmm. show, they, they took the real world idea of like, let's put people in a house. And then they were like, what if we made all the people so bad? Yeah. <laughs> what if we found the worst people? But Netflix uh, doesn't have to censor anything. It's not full of bleeps. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. on, on Jersey, it was like bleep every five seconds. A lot seconds. of bleeps on Jersey Shore. <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of like season two right now. It's the it, These people are just like irredeemably they bad. Should, yeah. They should bring back Jersey Shore. I feel like that could do they, they well. I mean, they they're iterations of it like always. There right, was, right. There, after Jersey Shore, there was Snooki and Wow, which I'm going to watch. <laughs> I do love Snooki Again, and Again, our democracy is yeah. crumbling. <laughs> yeah. The uh, world is so falling yeah, apart. It's, it's an inherently awful show. But it's mindless, you know. I just I liked watching it because I'm like, man, you know. And it's it's something good to watch with your significant other because then they'll be like, wow, you're phenomenal, you know. Uh, <laughs> like oh my god, there's an ulterior motive here. Nah, that's a yeah. great. That is such a good point. Just like put it in perspective. Mitchell put like, on the show. Nice it wasn't me. My girlfriend put it on. <laughs> okay, it, she put it on, and then it's just like. Wow, we got it great, you know. Like we, <laughs> we yeah, get things going here. Yeah, great. The bar yeah exactly. Is low. Imagine if we, both of our IQs were like thirty points lower, and also we both had like borderline personality disorder. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it, it's brilliant. And like, there's just people that. Oh. If you had to yeah, pick man. one of the two, which would it be? Because you're doing a two and one here. Yeah. I'll put both down. I'm just curious. Love is blind is a was a phenomenon. I saw a good mm-hmm. amount of season. It one. is. It it is. Um. I think Ultimatum. Ultimatum seems like a better concept. That is it's a, a awesome. It's concept. a way better concept because then you have like the jealousy factor of like yeah, your old right. significant other versus like you know all these people that are just you know pathological liars and mm-hmm. you know borderline personality disorder and it's like just all genuine pieces of shit. You know that's all I want, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. It's great. I watched it and it's just great to you know. Have a nice little snack in front. Drink a couple, you know, Coors lattes and watch. <laughs> I'll do. I'm gonna Coors do a. I'll, I'm gonna do a pick when back when it's my turn. Uh, that's that's sort of based off of this. Good. This nice. idea. You're welcome. Go ahead though, Hunter. With Hunter, your good thing. Um, I'm gonna pick something that is uh not exactly what I would call trash TV, but it is television. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and take season three of Atlanta. Um, All right. So we kind of alluded to this show going just after we Love talking. is Blind. I know, like just if well, because Love is Blind was higher on my list, but you did take I that. Yeah, you stole that from me. So. <laughs> in all fairness, um, I haven't watched Atlanta season three yet. I, um, I've only seen the first couple, so I yeah. didn't want so, to take it. Well, that's the thing. I, I feel like mo- a lot like Kendrick, it's just been washed away. There's by too the much content shit. Stream. Yeah, there's too much shit in the content stream that they just, just kind of got it better. forgotten Get about. The fuck out. <laughs> I'm it was only because of the Twitter beef they had. The random Twitter beef that was completely unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. You know? Of course. Um, I will, like, I think that this show, 
a lot of people forgot what Atlanta was and its time away. It has been four years yeah. since uh, season two of Atlanta. And I think that a lot of people were disappointed with season three because they're just like, oh, this is like a very like classic television show with an A plot and a B plot. And we just hang out with our friends the whole time. And really, that's never been something that the show has been interested in. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal this from friend of the pod, Andy Greenwald. Um, but this isn't a show. Season three isn't a uh, point in the series where it decided like where it went off the rails. Season three is when uh, the show decided that it no longer believes in trains. Um, <laughs> half. Well, well when it, be- it, it became what it. Donald Glover always wanted yeah, it to be. It's kind of anthology like like yeah. of the 10 episodes in the season, I think only 5 is with our core group is with and our core 3 Generally guys. speaking with Atlanta, um, the ones without are usually better weirdly because the cast is incredible, but the and the anthology episodes are just like you're watching a little baby movie. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just like you're watching film. a short film and Yeah. FX has at this point just kind of given them free reign to just do whatever they want. They're like, you want to make a 30 minute episode? You want to make a 52 minute episode? You kind of just do whatever the hell you want with this show at this point. You want to do black and white about like a show that's going to determine a mixed race person, like how black they are, if they're black enough to receive a scholarship. Truly like insane shit on this show. And it's kind of like... I kind of understand, even if I disagree with some of the frustrations, because this show isn't like fulfilling the promise of like a narrative arc that oh, I think a lot of all. people wanted. Not but, at all. And like for that reason, this couldn't be season one of this show. If this was season one of Atlanta, everyone would be like, what the fuck is this shit? Well, that's the like, that's I part of the understand. magic trick. Like they always yeah. wanted to do this, they but you backdoor, can't pitch this. They backdoor made this everything that they wanted it to be. And it's insane. Like some of my favorite episodes, um, <laughs> the big payback, incredible, which is an episode starring our boy, Justin Bartha, Justin Bartha. Uh, what if, what if reparations of, happened in the, our reality to the national treasure guy? Yeah. <laughs> to the guy from national treasure and people just showed up to their house and be like, I'm taking your house now. Yeah. It's, and it has that it Atlanta like, like it, dark humor the whole time. Yeah. No, what's well, taking this idea. It always takes, a idea that's out there in the public or that's out there on the internet. And it's just like, we're going to go maximalist to this and we're going to make this, this are like the opposition's worst nightmare. Like yeah. the big payback is everything that conservative dudes on Fox news fear that reparations would mean and not at all. What would actually happen? It's like oh, black people are going to come and they're going to steal my family's home. Like that's what this show is actually like. No. What if we did do that to you? Here's what it would look like um fucking genius uh the white fashion episode might be my favorite episode of the entire show or of the entire season i should say um that's, that's the one where Paperboy has to like be part of a yeah it's taking this a panel <laughs> it's taking this whole idea of like gap cares a lot about black lives matter and that's why we're donating to the red cross of atlanta like kind of that idea of like that type of uh corporate wokeness that is so right. like surface well, it's, it's level. a cleanup job it's yeah. a it's like an h&m type of of outlet puts out an advertisement that is so insensitive 
but without even it's it's so blind to its own insensitivity. Right. It's like kind of on the same level of the Chloe Kardashian Pepsi like yeah. giving crossing the, line, to, like, the picket line to give the Pepsi to the police officer kind of thing. Yeah. Um it's fucking genius, dude. The show is like so good. It's it's so funny to me that the show is still like classified in by like Emmy standards as being a comedy because it's the comedy that I think that I've last laughed the least at of any show uh, ever. Like it's just not It's kind of horror esque. Yeah, it's like not really interested in being funny, at least not traditionally funny in any way. Not even something like Barry where they're like, we're going to get a couple improv guys and they're going to like do a bit about how like you have too many fucking dogs for one episode just as like a throwaway joke. Atlanta doesn't really have throwaway jokes like that. It's stuff that like makes you uncomfortable like seeing a, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, for any of the listeners because there's some incredible cameos this season. Uh, There's one specific cameo where they go to a bar in Amsterdam that's for canceled celebrities. <laughs> that's so fucking good. Genius. It's like so The fact smart. that that person decided to do Dude, that and say it's, it's fucking crazy. I can't believe it. This show, again, it just is operating on its own terms. And I do feel that pull to be like wait why aren't we spending more time with these incredible actors why aren't there more scenes more episodes with brian tyree henry and zazie beads and lakeith stanfield like why aren't we maximizing the time that we have with them they also are less available now than that's the thing they're really busy what they did Mm -hmm. is they shot seasons three and four back to back yeah and they're basically padding them out and with it's these other yeah exactly it's because shorts. what they basically were shooting with that cast was just one season yeah like if you put it all together mm-hmm. all at once so it's a it's very economical because these are people who are movie stars <laughs> like, yes as you know especially um like Keith, like he, that man is dude that man's in shit brian tyree uh should be in everything like ever and they're doing some of their best work here oh i'd say their best work straight up yeah this this show is like an actor's dream particularly like an actor of color like you get to really explore brian uh, tyree shit brian tyree henry has an episode in this season that is like i think it's this and um the season one episode the woods um, yes the woods uh, season two oh that was season two Mm -hmm. yeah okay so those are like really the two moments that are like the best thing that I've ever seen Brian Tyree Henry yeah. in. That it's just like, oh my god! I, like you said, put this man in fucking everything because he can yeah. do no wrong. It's it's crazy because like on the surface it feels like a completely different show. Like you you go back and watch seasons one and two, and there's not a lot of connective tissue there, but it's still Atlanta, and it still has that desire to go deeper. And to make you think and to make you feel like you're watching something that's not just entertainment, that it has something more meaningful to get at. Yeah, it's still yeah. it's it's really funny that it went this late in the draft because it is like the best yeah. thing that we're. I did not about. expect for it to be here this late. But, you know, you enjoy your love is blind, <laughs> Danny. I'm really happy for you. It's a great show. Um, Atlanta. You're, just, you're jealous that I took ambulance. Yeah. All right, Drew. Um. So, like I said, I wanted uh, to take my next pick based off what Danny was talking about, how there there's a real amount of, like, true feeling that you can get out of watching real people who suck that you don't get out of any other form of entertainment. Even the best fictional entertainment is still fictional. And 
Um, this, I mean, this is a totally different vein than like reality TV, but I, I want to talk about Channel 5 with Andrew Callaghan. Yo! Oh, nice. Because Damn. he... This is special. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's I think it's very like important what he's doing at this point. Um, Andrew Callaghan is... Uh, obviously, he used to go by no, All Gas, No Breaks. Um, he had to depart from that company because a lot they of were, drama there. Yeah, they were taking advantage of him, and they, you know, they took the name, et cetera, et cetera. But he kept his his crew of uh, he he has two camera people slash editors that he takes along with him. Um, it's and a, him. Yeah, and then Andrew himself. It's a, he's basically a documentarian. Um, he's going out into real life to like very, I don't know. Some some important, some not important events were that were just like interesting or like, yeah, just people that you would want to Cra be crazy people is a simple way to put it. Yeah, most of the videos I would say, yeah, he's looking for create wild, insane people and just like letting them go on yeah. camera. Um, there's so much skill behind what they are doing though. These guys, um, uh, part of it comes down to grinding. Like they, they really travel a fuckload and they, they get in, like they, they're willing to do the work to get press passes to certain events, stuff like that. Um, and get in with like really weird fucking groups of people. Well, get, getting yeah. the people on camera to feel comfortable enough no. to get as weird as well, they yeah, are. Yeah, that's a lot of that is on Andrew. He's I've come to recognize that he's very talented yeah. at, at at blending. Like mm -hmm. he he will even depending on which side of like the picket line he's on, he will change clothes. Yeah, like just to fit in a little bit but better. Simple simple things. Yeah, and he um very very small yeah, decisions because much like even like someone like Nathan Fielder uh, recognizes or like John Wilson, people will make their own bed if right. you just let them. He doesn't have to say too much to guide them. He just has to make them feel like he is not against them. Right. When he is right. talking to them. So he will go. Uh, I think one of the wildest videos he's done this year, he has probably like 12, I think 12 or 13 of his videos have come out this year. They range in length wildly. They're all on mm -hmm. YouTube, of course. Um, right after the Uvalde shooting. Oh, my God. That one gutted yeah, me. Dude. Dude, the NRA. Yeah, one? he went to yeah. an NRA conference that was in, I think, Houston or, Wait you know, a a, a, is this is this the one where thoughts and prayers? Um. I'm not sure. I want to say yes. I, I don't know. So he he goes to an NRA conference where there are obviously a ton of protesters inside. This is right after Uvalde. He also goes to Uvalde in this video. Which is what got me. Yeah. Like he, he, goes, he cuts yeah. from a concealed carry fashion show at yeah. this conference where they're like. Which is like really high high comedy yeah it's like really funny it's literally like a runway fashion show of people just concealing guns <laughs> yeah, just holding <laughs> hard cut to the memorial of the dead kids fucking insane. and it's just this moment of silence where you just like take a beat and he just like takes you from this mm. jarring juxtaposition of these people celebrating guns at this nra convention to this actual tragedy of this mass shooting yeah and it Honestly, this is the best journalism I've seen exactly like, in I've, the modern era. I've straight up, I see. Yeah, I've I've learned more about like the Uvalde shooting from that video than I did from any news coverage because mm -hmm. he literally. 
a lot of what they do is just straight up guerrilla filmmaking. They go to where like the caution tape is at the shooting. Like they go straight up right there and, the, and like no one stops them. They are where the crime scene happened. Talking they to are, people. Yeah. They're in, or just being like, okay, so yeah, right where we are right now is like where the shooter was hiding out with his gun. Like it is so wild it's the insane. lengths that they go to just to get pretty standard journalism that you don't see anywhere else. And then on top of that, um, their their mission like quote unquote is still comedy they're still getting good comedy out of it while having a slant and while getting like real true like emotion yeah. out of you yeah i mean that's the it's difference really between, remarkable man that's the difference between something like nathan or john wilson which is just at the end of the day it's all for comedy even if it's a, in a profound type of way this is like the angles that Andrew is able to kind of get out of this stuff going all the way back to the all gas, no break stuff is yeah. like that. He is actually trying to come at it from like a very smart. View. Well, they also, like, they don't, there are no limitations on what they can do anymore. Like for all gas, no breaks was really, really geared toward getting uh, social media length content. Mm -hmm. They were, it was, you know, like he was directed to get Instagram length clips and now, like they, they have an hour long video that came out this year called the People's Convoy, where they oh my god, that one yeah, man, they every travel, single one of these exactly. They travel from New Mexico to to D.C. with these crazy uh, conservatives, <laughs> and you're able to unpack every, maybe not everything, but like the broad intricacies of this conflict of of what exactly of what this is about. You get all of the different perspectives, mm -hmm. and that that's the thing is like. Not only are you are you being educated, but you're also being entertained. Because, you're being really entertained because these people are crazy. And his yeah. his <laughs> editors, no matter what the scene, his editors do keep an eye out for funny uh, and the camera guys. I'm thinking zooming the, in. the yeah the they, they'll do zooms. satanic temple one is yeah. just talking about like switching up just your entire like body positioning just based on which side of the picket line you're on. The satanic temple one is incredible. Yeah. Like, does that the the editors will. Uh, they're really, really good at doing uh, little tricks to make a stupid person look as stupid as possible. <laughs> um, through the, the edit. guy, the guy at the NRA convention with the my pillows strapped. Yeah, man, it is really, really wild. They will like they'll cut conversations up to make someone look even stupider than they are because in the moment Andrew isn't trying necessarily as hard as he can because he needs to keep that person on his right. side and he's really good at that. Um. A lot there. There have been a million like offshoots, you know, like imitations of what he does. Um, tons of people like on the lighter side, the the more innocuous side, like there's so, so many people on TikTok or whatever who just go out uh, in major cities where like drunk people are and just talk to them. That's all fine and dandy. A lot of people will will go like the more profound route. And the mistake that they make is they try to debate insane people. I'm not interested no, in watching. Just that. let people. I let already him talk. know. Yeah, let you are, we, like he is. Andrew is smart enough to know that we already know that these people are insane. We don't need him to like fight them. Like I just want to like see them how they operate. These fucking wild ass human beings. Yeah. Like the pathologies that he's able to really dig into compared to like all the imitations that want to like show off how smart they are yeah. in the moment. It, it's just a whole different piece. Well, it's the Nathan thing too. Of getting them to say things on camera yeah that you wouldn't think that they would be okay with saying that yeah. it's things that like you know whether they're trying to like be performative or reaching some kind of like vulnerability it's like this weird 
offshoot of like what you think somebody would behave in front of a camera. It, exa- it's just, it's really impressive. And, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it's like you said, like, this is like, it's like high journalism and it's also like low comedy. Like it's, it's yeah. all of it all at once. I've been really impressed with what they've been able to accomplish since splitting from all gas, no breaks. Like they have pretty significant following. Like they've, they've shifted more toward YouTube oriented content and like they're getting multiple millions of views per video and they're great videos. And so they're doing everything right. Basically the, the, the importance of staying on the pulse of this moment in America when things are so divided and crazy shit is happening and people are cheering on the side of the crazy people, they are able to put a human face to that Mm -hmm. and understand. And through these videos, you can understand that like what's happening in this country right now and the people that elected Donald Trump and that are cheering on these horrible, horrible things are people. They are regular human beings. They're not these like demon, ghoul, faceless monsters. And there's nobody else doing that. Nobody else is like making you look at these people as people. He's yeah, he's he's very talented at it, especially considering he's done a couple good interviews on the Yava Still podcast where like you get to know him as a person. Jack Wagner one. Yeah. Yeah. That man is Andrew is like manic. Like he he is like such he's like a fucking workhorse. Like he he talks a mile a fucking minute all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on like an insane dose of Vivans or something. <laughs> um, this but, reminds me a lot of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's. Yeah. Uh, Who is America? No, he it's in that vein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, I don't think I don't know if he worked on Borat, too, or not. But I know he's been working with Tim and Eric on like a similar type of project. There is a movie coming out. Yeah. I heard. Yeah, it's in the works. So, yeah, because it's it's pretty easy to recognize that he is yeah. uh, he's he's influencing a lot of creators in a really positive way so i i'm i'm a big fan big recommend channel five yeah it's on youtube all right i have two picks here yeah my two final picks. last two picks i have three things written down so i just have to pick from two of them and leave one of them out right now so i think i'm gonna go my first pick is gonna be uh euphoria season two um i'm putting this here because this is potentially just going to have to get cut off from my end of the year list. It might not make it, but I need to shout it out because season two was a hot mess and I loved every second of it. (laughs) It was fucking (laughs) so entertaining. Not not looking as entertained. I don't know. I mean, go ahead. I, I, this I, is like your version of trash TV is Euphoria yes, season honestly. two. This is yeah. like Jamiroquai. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, for me, like the show started off so hot and like emotionally it impacted me like so much. Like Season one. Season one when yeah. it started off. Season two still has like the incredible like uh, like cinematic experience that it does. It looks incredible. It, yeah, it just, it, it felt like they're almost running out of shit to like go through for me it felt like very uh how can we make this crazier kind of thing oh yeah mm. which it, i loved i love that they, yeah they were just I, off the i rails. think it's like it's it's weird because like it feels like they combine trash tv with like all sorts of like hidden meetings i don't know what the show tries to be for me you know like um the episode however i want i want to shout out 
Zendaya. The good time episode. Yeah. That episode is incredible. Zendaya on the run. When she's on the run and she's going through the withdrawals and shit. Fucking incredible. It, that that episode was just like you felt like you were her. Yeah. You were going through the same thing she was going through. But like then I see what's the blonde girl's name? Cassie. Dude. Yeah, Sydney Sweeney. What a wild turn that, for that, that character. That girl's just like crying every episode, being crazy. The play episode, like it, it it's, it's a it's wi- so extra. It's a wild show. And like I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but for me maybe, it was maybe just maybe like, it is a little bad. For me, it was <laughs> season one was just so like incredible and like I needed to watch more to like, all right. I need to finish the story. What's going on? You know? But, like, I did go through it. It wasn't bad enough that I stopped watching it. Like, it was still a great show. From like I, And, like, I completely agree with you on the fact that it deserves a shout-out. Because it's so well done. I don't know if you watched, like, the after Euphoria, like, after the episodes. Yeah. Like, that's very interesting. I love watching that. But, like, there's there's just some elements to the show. It just feels like... This is just for drama. You of know, course. Like this this is it's super elevated. Like yeah. it's it's not trying to operate at any sense of realism at yeah, a certain point. For sure. And honestly, I didn't mind that. I mm-hmm. didn't mind that because the performances are so good that a lot of them people are really good. Know that they're not really playing real humans. And it's weird because like some of the storylines are really real. Yeah, like you know? the, like the old friendship storyline with what's her name, Lexi mm-hmm. and Zendaya. Like Aru, I should call her. But it's like those, like that thing really hit me hard when it's like it shows like how close they used to be yeah. versus. But then like, she's also doing a play about it. Yeah. It's like Baby's first Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> By the way, the highest funded school play I've ever seen in my fucking yeah, life. The most extravagant <laughs> what? sets. What? Like a rotating, rotating <laughs> stage. What? <laughs> like it's it's wild. But, but that's uh, why I love it, dude, because it's like they don't care. They don't want to do something realistic. They don't want to be like, um, actually there's no high school that would have the budget to put together something that looks like this they're just like no we're gonna go for it we're gonna do it and we're not gonna try to make it be realistic or make any sense it's kind of like trash tv in the sense of like who do you cheer on for in that show lexi i cheer for lexi yeah lexi lexi and uh man what's the 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 ruse friend the drug dealer Fez. fez fez Oh, Love my Fez. guy. Yeah. My guy, What's... Fez. Not looking good right now, Fez. Yeah. And then uh, his uh, little was... brother kind of thing. Oh, uh, Ashtray. Ashtray, another yeah. one, you know? Yeah. I I need to watch season two because I fucking love season one. I know I've just heard that it drops off to varying levels of how far it drops off, but that there is a drop off. It's and I'm good. bummed because like the little one-off episodes that they did are incredible. The Rue episode, the episode with Hunter Schaefer, who just like I fucking love her so much. She was um, um kind of really I feel like she's kind of sidelined. Yeah. She got sidelined this Which season for sucks sure. Because I think that she's like Zendaya is, of course, like the main piece about that show. But like Z- Hunter Schaefer was like the second best thing about season one of Euphoria. Yeah. Um, Dominic Fike comes in here and he his character. <laughs> I thought that was so random that he's in super random. Show. What? He takes a lot of that screen time away from Rue. And it is like a this little love triangle that starts, or not from Root, from um, Jules. 
Yeah, this little love uh, triangle that starts to happen, and I was bummed that um, that Jules doesn't get as much screen time as she think yeah. as I think she deserves. But it's a bummer. Um, Sam Levinson. Uh, I to be honest, one of the reasons why I wasn't as excited for watching the show. I know it's a completely different project, but after Malcolm and Marie, where we all collectively were like, "Sam, shut the fuck right. up." Um, I think that that kind yeah. of well, also put a little after, bit of a roadblock for me jumping back into Euphoria after um, um, after Toys. And we saw what no, his well father that, did. That actually made me more want to watch it. And I found out there's no toys in Euphoria. Well, it's the season, toy is like a crack pipe. Season three of Euphoria should just be a recreation. It's of in toys. like a of toys. year. It's like more than a year from now. We'll see. I needed to, to acknowledge this show because I, I feel like it's going to get forgotten. Maybe people will make an effort to to call back to it at the end of the year. But it's just such a stacked year for TV that I think this is it, really it, just going to get... It happened in like January, yeah, February, yeah. yeah. It, I, I don't think it's going to get its due, largely because it was so messy. And there have been so many other shows that haven't been as messy. Yeah. But I, I wanted to shout it out because every week I looked forward to seeing it. Even though I knew it was going to be all over the place, mm. I still enjoyed it and i still look forward to it so yeah euphoria season two so my final pick take us home is robert eggers the northman nice i'm nice. really glad that you picked this just because i just want to give a couple thoughts on it yeah it's a uh film. this movie absolutely slays it is heavy metal boys out schlongs out in the lava mm -hmm. of the volcano floor is lava yeah and it's a simple story done at this epic scale and nobody does it like robert eggers you know doing doing going full viking mode going full feral mode you know that's right alexander skarsgård stars um in the lead role as the titular titular north man mm -hmm. and he goes full hulk mode uh ruffalo wishes skarsgård hangs dong and you see it he his his uh shoulder muscles Dude. are i was scared yeah he looks more like like a bear than yeah. he does like a human being with how like he's too jacked the amount of like steroids that he took during the training for this is not what like a normal human oh, body not should all. look like but it, he, he looks of, like a viking i will I he looks it. like his posture reminds me of like myself in high school, just like minus all. Oh, the muscle. you looked you look like the Northman. Well, minus the muscle, I did have the same hunch okay. that he had um, that has labored me to this day. Um, but yeah, this this movie yeah. absolutely owns. A lot of people have been talking about how this is like mid Eggers because he had to compromise. He didn't get final cut on this. He mm -hmm. had to work with studio notes and you know work with producers and and he, he was very vocal he ain't making a movie for a24 anymore right you got a big boy budget he was so. very vocal about how much he didn't like the experience of having to answer to producers telling him what to do with his movie like mm -hmm. i just can't believe that but at the end of the day i think that you know given the fact that we know that this is not specifically what he wanted the fact that it still rips as hard as it does mm. is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I can still see the the spots where like he had to compromise and and it's not the full untapped vision of something like the lighthouse. Um, but it's literally not even square. Right. 
mm-hmm. and it's n- not enough farts. There's only one fart in this movie, dude. You know? There's only one fart. They're doing fucking Hamlet. Hamlet's like, there's no farts. You get gotta be more farts. You get Ethan Hawke. You get Willem Dafoe. You get Nicole Kidman. Who farts? Dude, Nicole Kidman giving, I think, the best performance of like the last five to ten years of Nicole Kidman. Really? Nicole Kidman had to come back out here in one scene just to be like, y'all forgot that I'm fucking Nicole Kidman and I'm like one of the best actors of a generation. <laughs> I don't buy Nicole Kidman as um, someone living in Viking times at all. <laughs> because she she's not... like too perfect yeah. looking of a person. Nobody looked like that. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody. Everyone was fucking ugly in Viking Dead. Hey, nobody looked like Alexander Skarsgård in, Vul- in Viking Dead. Are you kidding me? Hulking wise, yes. Have you looked at Alexander Skarsgård's face? He's he gets, hot. Yeah. There aren't hot dudes in Viking times. Anya Taylor Joy is in there too. Um, so, you know, yes, I, I, I get the criticisms of the places where this does feel like he had to, to make compromises, but. They gave this man a huge budget to make a mm-hmm. big Viking epic. And there are sequences in this movie that nobody else could put on screen except for Robert Eggers. It yeah. is just please let this man keep making movies. Don't let the fact that this movie bombed and that it's now streaming on the cock be a reason to stop this man's career. Don't let the cock he, stop this man. Don't let the cock block. Um, right. He is he is a singular force in uh, modern cinema, and we're lucky to have him. And this movie is it's it's just another notch. Maybe not, you know, his his best movie. I think it might be the weakest of the three. But I don't I don't think that makes it bad. I fucking love this movie. I think it's excellent, you know. And I I don't know. Maybe I I might like it a little bit more than The Witch, just because The Witch is so kind of bare bones. Even though that that movie still functions as like cinema as time travel. Yeah. Um, which is what he's so good at, but this doesn't feel like a misstep and it doesn't feel like it's out of place with what he's done before. It, 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 it fits right alongside the other two. There's, it's kind of amazing. This is like the most visually interesting gray movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just kind of like every frame is so beautiful and also everything is so desaturated at the same time. Like that's kind of a, that's such a difficult balance to strike because usually when you are getting films that are just so like beautiful, elegant, I'm thinking of something like the green Knight. the fucking color in that movie is gorgeous. It's so beautiful at that. And there's moments that are a little bit more unsaturated to like add to the film, but like, this movie is just all gray and it's well, in comparison fucking beautiful in comparison to green Knight, this thing gets bloody oh like, yeah well intense, it gets gory yeah there are intense points. action sequences that including green Knight doesn't have one sequence which was like there's a part of it that's in the trailer that is like the raid one of the fucking coolest things ever like Incredible. it jaw dropped in the theater watching it it's a, the scene that's if you've seen the trailer for it where an arrow gets or a spear gets thrown at Skarsgård and he catches it mid-air and then spins around and throws it back and like hits a dude in the head um and then it keeps that's and then just it just going. keeps going. Reverse, he climbs reverse. a wall with like an axe and just pulls <laughs> his body up. That is actually him pulling his body up, his fucking jack triceps up there, up that wall. Um, 
this movie fucking owns, dude. It's it's so good. It's a movie that I'm, I really, really want to revisit. I wish that it would have done better in theaters so I could have had a chance to see it again in the movie theater. It's on the cock. Um, it's on the cock now, so at yeah. least there's that. So you can you can enjoy your ad breaks in between uh, cool. hypnotic cool. Willem Thank Dafoe uh, trip mushroom yeah. fart sequences. Cool. Yeah. The Northman. That's my final pick. Great movie. Drew, final pick. Um, quick one. It, it's an album that really took me by surprise this year. I've been posting about it in our music group chat a ton. Jamiroquai did not come out with an album this year. I have uh, a torrent that would speak otherwise, <laughs> but I did make it. It's me. Yeah, um, All right. Fontaine's DC. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Dude, this album Skinty Fia. Yes, the the yes. lovable lads from Dublin. Nice. Um, Man, incredible fucking album. I, I've never loved this band. Uh, they were sort of like a tweener band for me. I couldn't get which genre they were trying to fit in. This really solidifies them in like a post-punk, but post-punk via mid-2000s in a way that I really, really love. Um, it just, it hits me in a way like that seems very specific to like what I love. Like in high school, I was so deep into this exact scene of music. Um, it's like, I would describe it as like if like, Interpol and like the Libertines got put together, something like that. Like it, it's it. There's a lot of early 2000s, but mm -hmm. it has the post punkiness of something that what could only come out this year, um, because especially coming out of like weirdly like Scotland and Ireland, there's so many post punk bands now. Also, um, there's if, a lot of um, angst in that area right now. If you uh, have paid attention to the news of things that are happening in the uh, the United Kingdom as of late. If um, if people listen to our best of 2021 episode, they heard you mention that you like music in which the singer isn't really singing mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. more so just emulating this, sounds. This guy's like this guy's not like like yelling the way that like the singer of Squid is. This guy is like droning. Like yeah. it's very like monotonous melodies lyrically. Um, it, it just Not has really like trying to hit notes. I don't know. It's just a great album. It has this melancholic sound to it that I really, I can't yeah. stop listening to it. I'm a big fan. Um, it, it hits me in a sweet spot of like my exact interest in like high school and my exact interest now musically. So I love it. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great mix of like when you were younger versus like with a new jazz to it almost like, even though mm. it's not jazz, but it's like it. You you put this album in our chat and I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And I couldn't stop listening to it for a solid like two weeks. It's great, man. It's such a good album. I uh I'm glad you showed me them. Um You hear that of, everybody? <laughs> I, I contribute. He, he's got lives. some good takes when it comes to music. Uh <sighs> but yeah, Fontaine's DC. Did, what was it? Uh they did Skintifia. A, they did a no, they did a Tiny Desk, was it? Yes. Yeah. Their Tiny Desk concert rules. Yeah. Great cool dudes. Um, Great Fontaine's album. DC, guess what? In Old Irish means Dublin City. They are oh. mad Irish, these, these yeah. lads. Okay. I wonder if they're shipping up to Boston. Get the fuck out of here. Probably. Oh, that's, final that's the only city that's just more Irish than yeah. Dublin. Like yeah, that. it is. Um, the New England Patriots are dude, more Dude, it's Irish kind of crazy than... like how Ireland appropriated Irish culture. Yeah, um, that's true. All right, Hunter, hit us with it. So second to last pick in this whole thing, there's a bunch of ways that I could go. I um, get Mr. Irrelevant. So. You do get Mr. Irrelevant. There's a bunch of like movies that I love. I could go with Vaxis, but don't worry. We're going to talk Vaxis on the year in pod. Instead, I want to talk for something. I want to give a PSA for an album that I've been fucking 
out here in the woods screaming about that is one of the best albums of the year. And that's Alt J's The Dream. Hell yeah. Um, this album is fucking incredible. It is, I think, easily the second best Alt J album uh, behind an awesome wave, their debut. Uh, their awesome a perfect wave, album. An awesome wave is, yeah, it's it, literally, it's a 10 out of 10 album. And like, that's no the skips. only reason I haven't um, given this album a solid shot because that was the last great thing they released. Aside from a few, like, Lucy's yeah, and Yeah, they have album. a couple good songs, yeah. like uh, couple, 3WW is a good like, song as a project, Relaxer. But as a project, it's, it's never yours. been, like, a full thing. Well, their, so their third a, album was straight up bad. Relaxer. Yeah, yeah. Relaxer. no, I I really love 3WW, the first song on that album, but like otherwise Dead the Crush. rest of it is I like not. Dead Crush on that album. But This Is All Yours is like, it's pretty good. Again, every other freckle, left hand free, a couple of good songs, but... And you're right, saying I <laughs> Like, really, I've gone on like an Alt-J kind of deep dive this year, and this has kind of been the album that came out in February, and this has been the album that I've keep going back to over and over again like all these new albums are coming out and just whenever i'm back. having a time in between i just fall back into listening to this album um the actor is probably my favorite song of the year um it's how kind cocaine there's a theme there's a theme to the, the <laughs> my list this year cocaine driven <laughs> songs on my list um just fucking incredible. I really love the sound that they had. They kind of flip between this like poppy, almost like 80s kind of sound. Uh, they, 80s they figured rock something sound out. I don't to, know what it is, but they, they whatever they lost, they found it. They again. fucking found it. And yeah. like, I want another yeah. four albums that just sound like this album. Um, they also do have like some more ballad driven kind of stuff with a song like uh, get better, which is like just a beautiful song that has like made me like choke up in the car while just driving around listening to this album before. Um, fucking beautiful album or beautiful song. I should say um, they're not afraid to get weird. Like they, they didn't lose that classic alt J edge to them. One, uh, their singer is still the same. So I that's a bar of entry for a lot of people. A lot of people hear uh, that man open up his voice or open up his mouth and hear his voice and they're immediately just like checked out like this is uh It sounds joke. like it like tries to be folky, almost country. Put it in my butt. Put, Put it, it in my butt. Put it in my butt. Put it in my butt. But they are definitely able to get super duper weird with their uh, instrumentation. I'm thinking of something like a song like Philadelphia, which kind of sounds like a mix up of like three three different songs were kind of mixed together. Um, but I mean that in like the best possible way. I, I just, I fucking love this album. I'm telling you guys right now, the three of you give this album another shot. Oh, I, it's I love incredible. This album. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I, I've I, need, been I need to continue it. re-listening to it. I haven't revisited it since like two to three weeks after. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a good album. I definitely saved a few for my like massive, like, it's like mm -hmm. my favorite, like sit, like favorite songs from every album. I throw it into this massive playlist. Yeah, like you and me and Hard Drive Gold are um, like two great singles from there it. There was another one I had. Um, the actor, of course, is incredible. The Happier when you're gone is like another one of those really, really beautiful songs that has like just a great beat underlying to it that just kind of makes you want to bop. But then if you actually dive into the lyrics, you're like, oh. Song is like about like an abusive relationship. It's very, like it's very like uh, like the lyrics are so obscure that you really need to digest them. It's not, 
it's not something you can listen to and read without like you need like a rap genius for it you know yeah. like you need to click the link and be like what the hell is he what are we about? referencing here because yeah. also the, all of their songs are just like about life experiences they're referencing like things that they pick up in like the books. news like and it, books it's, it's like yeah. random books you know nothing about and it's like you have to like actually click it and be like he's referencing this chapter of this book and then it's talking about this moment because this woman felt like mm. this and it's like it's very obscure and then once you get the whole picture and that's why for me i haven't really like because that's what i did with an awesome wave you know like i actually took the time and read yeah, everything you're on the wikipedia page what, for triangle you have, yeah. <laughs> you have to figure what, out like everything. what does he mean by triangles are his favorite shape well luckily he goes into it the line after that yeah. it's, it is three points where, where two, two lines me. meet and i have bad news for him that that's did actually they, not a triangle did that's, they did that's they tessellate <laughs> Joe Newman is his name, the name of the singer. Um, um, but great, great band. Uh, they're great. I'm really sad. Too. They were supposed to play in fucking Orlando and then they had to cancel their show like last minute. Yeah. Just such Portugal a bummer. Man, right. Yeah. Both of them. Um, yeah. Okay. No. The dream. Great. Yeah. All right, Danny. All right. Bring I'm, us home. I'm going to throw one honorable mention. It's going to be like 15 seconds. Liquid Death. Liquid Death is awesome. It's it's the water, the canned, <laughs> the canned water. When you're out, when you're out and about, and like you don't want to continue drinking beer, Liquid Death. They started coming out with new Danny, flavors of sparkling Danny, water. No free ads. Hey, no free hold ads. Hold on. I'm Yo, with it hell? though. It's just like they have like mango, lime, berry. You're drinking it. People think you're drinking beer. You're not. You're just drinking water. Why the fuck it's am great. I drinking a Kirkland signature hard seltzer then, Danny? Okay, let's not fuck with Costco because I am king <laughs> no, I'm Costco. No, I'm not going to. This, this costs like, like 10 cents for like a 24 pack of this. It's the best. Because both buys. It's the best. I love it. Anyway. If I clip this out and put it on TikTok and at Liquid Death. You think? Do you think Can that they'll just Yeah, we might get sponsored. I told you 15 seconds. That's all I got. Now. Mr. Irrelevant for me, Ozark season four, the newest season that just came out. Everyone this year. is Can you everyone is pitch, mad about the last so episode. Here's Are the you thing. mad about it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Danny, I want you to pitch me why I should watch this show because I watched the first episode and I said that's way too blue. I don't know what the f it looks like. Yeah. They put the fucking show through a filter. I get that, and I could I not get enough over that. Jack White it, album covers in my it, life. It, it, exactly. Okay. The show is blue, but once you get past the blue, it's blue. Abu Dhabi. It, it is Breaking Bad. It is Breaking Bad without the mania that Walter White goes through. It's Jason Bateman playing a person that is the only one that's sane in this show. He's brilliant. Uh, the shit that happens in that show, you're just like, what is going on? It's a great show. Um, I like, so this season, what they did or what he did, I guess, was he split it into two different like half seasons. And the, first episode of the second half of season four was just like dude this is a finale and you just threw it in the like the beginning and it was it was nuts it uh it has so many elements similar to breaking bad when it comes to uh money laundering or break, better call saul i should say like the better call saul has lalo and uh this show has a lalo as well and they're both a charismatic like, motherfucker, the charismatic mm. guy that's fucking evil. Yeah. You know, and it's like 
it's it's um it's it's a good watch. I definitely recommend if you're looking for like a good drama, it's it's I would say it's like not as good as Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but it's like right there. It's so close to being there. If you can get past the blue, I promise you. That's what my parents tell me. (laughs) It's worthwhile for sure. Well, you didn't answer Drew's question, though. People are pissed about the very end. I mean, he said he's pissed about it. Literally, the very very last shot is what. Because Breaking Bad ended in the perfect way. All the lines were closed. Everything was great. This was more so like the show ended and or like the last episode started and you knew what was going to happen, you know? And is, like, it, is it one of those things where it's just like it leaves it up to your interpretation of what, no. of how it actually. Uh, yeah. The screen, the screen fades to white. <laughs> oh. It fades to blue. Whoa, it fades <laughs> to blue. <laughs> They're in a diner eating and then it fades to blue. And, then yeah. and dark blue just White starts breakdown. playing. Don't uh, stop. Dark blue, dark blue. <laughs> Jack's mannequin. Shout out. Ozark, dude. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, let me uh, do some quick honorable mentions. Th- these are the other things I had written down that I didn't get to draft. Um, guys, I said this in our chat uh, earlier today. The Bear on Hulu. I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to start yeah. that soon. Um, this show is amazing. Been getting a lot yeah. of buzz just in the last week or two. My just mainly. like my mom mostly, told me to watch this. I've just seen great stuff from people, former service industry people. Yeah. Because it's apparently it's a show like for people who used to it, be in the service It might be industry, a little triggering, which, honestly. But you kind of yeah, you kind of this. want it. You kind of want to feel <laughs> that like little bit of uh, of you know uh, trauma from working in a in a high speed restaurant environment. Um, it it's it's really good. Like fucking good enough to probably be on my year end list. Um, winning time on HBO, the Lakers show about back, Magic back Johnson and uh, Kareem, incredible show sprawling isn't it magic yeah i said magic johnson and kareem okay um the guys they found to play those parts perfect incredible Mm -hmm. show um the new mitski album laura hell Hell. great album um the new spoon album dude i that's on my long list of things on the couch Mm -hmm. um lucifer on the the couch hey i was close what is it like? Close. Like God on the Ottoman. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the also, couch. this is we bought a mic. We have to acknowledge our Lord and Savior Nicolas Cage and mm-hmm. his movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I uh, still have not seen this, unfortunately. I know. Uh, I want to watch it too. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I don't think it's bad. I think the I really made it look so funny. I I appreciate what he did. I think a lot of the weight of how funny it is going to be is like pulled by just the very premise. Yeah. I found it a little try hard. Yeah, exactly. Like it's guaranteed to be like decently funny, but like I would imagine a movie like that would be written by someone who's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like trying really hard to manufacture cage moments. You know, how we had a whole category of like, what's it's, the best. Cage yeah. What moment if we just our, did all the cage moments? It's like, it's like every 15 minutes trying to like yeah. create a cage. There's moment. There's a new vampire's kiss rape scene. It's like, okay, we get it. We're cracking up and everything. But yeah. Not enough hot yogurt though. Uh, yeah, SMDH. I I had to shout it out, even though I didn't love it. It I'm glad it exists. All right, I have a I have a couple uh, album. Oso Oso, uh, I'm called Sore Thumb. Yeah, uh, really cool band. They've been on like the line between emo and indie for a lot of years. Before that was like a thing. They were on that wave, and they still are. And it's a great album. Um, 
decent season of Survivor happened this year? Oh, yes. Uh, great. I would say I'm it's shocked a, nobody drafted Here's this. the thing. I think that after watching this season of Survivor, I'm like, oh, no. I think we might have overrated 41 because 42, I think, is a, better in it almost every way really than 41. Good. The thing is, if you go back and you watch certain like i've been watching a lot of like older seasons recently and, and like in the context of those it doesn't hold up um that said though it's still a great show like it's just a good show in general and this was a good season with like uh Some, and unbelievable characters yeah like, one out, of the best post-merge groups that they've yes. had in a long time shout out exactly. to uh redacted for winning hey, which i definitely called i i we did a draft with a few of us and uh that was my first overall pick yeah and uh shout out to Jonathan for crashing and burning in the most spectacular way. The I'm pretty sure at our mid-season check-in, we were all just all three of us were like dominant performance from Jonathan. We all <laughs> love Jonathan. And then he opened his mouth. Yeah. And we were like, Oh, you're like really sexy. Yeah, dr- uh, sur- like, survivor really drinking game. Anytime um, that guy talks to a woman and he's like, it's just like you're being really yeah. aggressive. Has anyone <laughs> has anyone checked Jonathan? Kill yourself. Um, has anyone checked Jonathan's Twitter in a so post like, Roe versus well, Wade? Room? I do wonder. Like, uh, I do wonder if anybody's ever like gone up to him and just like talked to him about like his, about Christianity. Yo, because maybe point. like we would learn a lot. Um, third thing, uh, the 2022 NBA Finals. Fuck the Celtics. Uh, um, go so that's in my least honorable I mentions. Um, I'm so happy for Steph. Oh, dude, I'm really happy for that's Jimmy Butler. Fucking... I'm I'm happy Wait, that Jimmy Butler got an extra two weeks. Oh, you got the Larry Bird Trophy. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, what did Jimmy Butler win? Like two extra weeks in uh, the Bermuda Triangle, where he's no, he won. Gonna the... ask Wait, for so a trade. How many championships have you won in the last three decades? <laughs> Rhymes with hun. <laughs> Hunter. It was Tur. They won Tur titles. Um, was that it, Drew? Yeah, we bought okay. a mic. Um, <laughs> we bought a mic. A couple other Bye. things to shout out. Uh, the Unraveling of Pup the Band. Yeah. Also one of my favorite albums Great of the album. year. Fucking banger. Probably second, maybe third al- favorite album by Pup. Uh, just one of the most consistent uh, I'm pop punk sad bands that we have when you dig into the subject matter. Oh yeah, no, for sure. But it still slaps. Um, the Batman, which I'm shocked is not on your list, Ernie. Um, it's gonna be on the year end. Yeah, I, I guarantee. It's uh, good. Turning Red. Yeah, great movie. Honestly, also probably might be in the year end list for me. Uh, one of the best Pixar movies of the last few years. Um, especially after seeing a movie like Lightyear, kind of grew my respect for Turning Red even more. Um. Melt My Eyes to See Your Future. Yes. Denzel Curry album. The King, bro. Honestly was up there for a possible draftee for me. So Fucking good. owns. Such a great um, Guys, uh, shout out to friend of the pod, Dane, uh, for recommending a band called Soul Glow and an album Diaspora Problems that they had. Diaspora. Um, Diaspora Problems, excuse me. Um, this is like my f- fourth or fifth of these bad boys. Uh really fucking incredible album great like kind of metal heavier not metal but it's like it's definitely heavy uh it's kind of like if uh death grips had more angst um something like that what the hell uh and then harry's house um speak on that I'll let Drew speak on that. Okay, Drew, do you have Harry's house thoughts? The, yeah, second single that. massive flop. We hate to see it. It sucks. <laughs> Very Tim Robbins. Wait, wait. Did you just say you're going to redo your whole draft for only Harry's house? Yeah, for only Harry's songs. Yeah, more, okay, cool. More like Harry's we'll leave it right at Harry's that. Harry's time. Because we're, we're long. Okay. We're out of time. And yeah. Any other uh, 
honorable mentions. Oh, also, real quick, want to shout out the Charlie XCX album. Crash. Um, I've just started getting into it. Uh, Lightning is also up there for one of my favorite songs of the year. Fucking rules. That song rocks so hard. That's it. Uh, second shout out to Denzel Curry. It's like an introspective album. It's not very in your face, heavy. It's not like that. It's very introspective. The man is struggling. Yeah. This man, uh, Danny spitting. Yeah. You like that shit? You, little slut? you getting a feature. Uh, yeah. Denzel's album slaps. I think it might be best hip hop album of the year. Um, uh, for me, uh, I'm just going to shout out music. Mahal by, uh, Toro y Moi. Really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't, Love I haven't Toro heard Moi. that whole it's, album. It's just a, a gr- couple songs. It's a great album. Full, Foles, Life is Yours is another great album this year. I'm going to save the rest for Listomania. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Let me just real quick recap all our picks. No. I got RRR, Barry, Fear of Dawn, Euphoria, and Northman. Drew got Top Gun, Severance, Ambulance, Channel 5, and Fontaine's DC. Hunter got Jackass, Pusha T, The After Party, Atlanta Season 3, and Alt-J. And Danny got The Smile, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Rocket League Esports, <laughs> Love is Blind slash Ultimatum, and Ozark. So uh, yeah. look out for a Twitter poll to see if uh, you want to decide who no got the No Twitter best. bots. If I see a single fucking Twitter bot, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going <laughs> to snap. Okay, Guys, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, I actually have a lot of siblings that all have the exact same name. <laughs> there's like Wabam Fan 1, yeah, Wabam Fan 2. Hunter Mobley 8 through 8. 73 yeah me and hunter this is true me and hunter do whenever we do like a free trial for youtube tv to watch basketball <laughs> like we, just we switch off making yeah he started by making one called like wabam fan 69 <laughs> so those are all and now we have like wabam fan 420 well, no, yeah and then i did wabam stan 69 and then i just Jesus my newest one is Christ. wabam boy i just here's the thing YouTube TV, make your service uh, cheaper or sponsor the podcast and give us a free subscription. Thank you very much. Hey, no, I keep keep doing what you're doing, YouTube TV. Why keep on doing MB- that, that free why does, trial. I why doesn't the NBA just offer oh, like man. You a know what? $6 I a month? I forgot to shout out one more thing. Hustle by Adam Sandler. Hey. Oh, I haven't hey. seen it. Is it worth seeing? Yeah, if you, Are you just like basketball. really like shouting out like Anthony Edwards just as a star? Uh, shout out to him. Love that, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's like uh, it's very Adam Sandler esque. If you like basketball, it's really good. It's a really good watch just because of all the cameos in it. Right, all uh, the you got Anthony Edwards. You even got some Celtics. I'm not gonna say who, but uh, yeah, is Peyton Pritchard in that? Oh my god, Larry Bird, uh, Brad Stevens. Wait, does Grant Williams play Catan? Grant Williams deserves to be in nothing. That guy's a bum. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll be on the Atlanta Hawks uh, hey, uh, in like three months. Makes sense there's some Celtics on there because they're real good actors. That Marcus Smart, he fucking you know? Yeah, I love I love the final shot of Steph Curry doing the night night, and Marcus Smart is just on the floor for some odd reason. Like, ugh, I'm so happy the Warriors won. They are on their, but hustle by Adam Sandler. I love how we were just having like a really nice time. We were just all having fun together and like getting along. You remember when Jason Tatum texted Kobe? That was sick. (laughs) You mean the, the late Kobe? Yeah. Honestly, that's really disrespectful for you to like mock the dead. The green wristband or the, no, the purple wristband he wore. 
Sick. He doesn't. He doesn't know that Kobe's dead. Oh, oh nobody's shit. told him. Yeah, don't, don't. He thinks that Kobe hates him, and that's why he sucks so bad in the finals. Yeah, my my favorite tweet was uh, Three. It, Ernest. It was like, you can just like cut this pod yeah. off at any time. <laughs> Jason I love Tatum. how we're at like hour three and a half of this <laughs> stupid Jason fucking Tatum thing. texted air balls and turnovers and said, I got you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, comment. You're written that Duncan Robinson contract yet or what? And let us <laughs> man who can't, he can't fucking play, cannot get on the floor and you're paying he's a morale mil a guy. year. He's the new Haslam, you know? Oh, cool, like, yeah. You just need that. You got to pay 20 <laughs> mil a year to your morale guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> you told me to start wrapping up and then you kept going. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do a post cut comment and let us know what you thought of everything that we talked about. Uh, thank you. Beautiful donors for donating. You can become a donor at anchor.fm slash we bought a mic and visit. We bought for the full archive of episodes. This is an actual pregame of a special episode oh, God. that we are going to be giving you. <laughs> thank you, Danny, for coming on. And for sticking around for this very special bonus uh, extravaganza that we will have coming. Stick around. You won't want to miss it. You definitely don't. They're going to fight. I might miss it. We love you. Thanks for listening. I'm watching. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye.